Hello everyone, welcome to the return of By the Numbers. I don't even know what fucking episode it is. It's uh is it 83? Yeah. Been... So that's like what, 123 episodes. Yeah, Here's the thing. The I know people people always get triggered by that name, don't they? So I've come up with a better name. It's gonna be called the start of the path of the return of the end of the last episode of the Bye fellowship. Because if you follow it logically, that is what it is. It's just that, you know, that doesn't give any clue as to where we are within yeah. that progression. But it, the, indeed, the fellowship of by the numbers. Yeah, exactly. So Something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, obviously I'm Richie Lewis. That's uh, Duncan Thorne Shields, uh, the, the floating disembodied voice. Ooh. You can hear is Sam, our producer. Um, so look, let's, let's start. I wasn't at Cologne, guys. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm quite sad about it. I was watching it from home. You know, I, I, I rigged my sleep pattern the correct way so I could like watch all the games. Uh, but you, but Sam went and obviously Duncan, you were working it. So I wanted to just talk about, before we talk about any of the fucking games or any of the storylines, just what it was like being there because, um, you know, it, it, it seemed to have a fucking great atmosphere, uh, from, from where I was watching. Uh, and it's very rare. I'm envious of people who got, get to go to events these days. I've done so fucking many of them. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit envious. Sat at, sat here in Las Vegas in the blistering 105 degree heat, sweating. Yeah. Well, my the Milner I knew up. was going to be sick from the crowd. Is usually the first day of an esports tournament is pretty dead. Like only half the people show up because it's either on like a Friday or a Thursday. People got work. Even on that day, mate, just full of people doing the Mexican wave. Soon as I sit down, phones in the air. It was sick. Until someone what started blowing a horn. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did hear it. someone had brought a Vuvuzela. No, what was great was, by the way, shout out to Machine for getting this one, because the guy actually, it was just one guy with the Vuvuzela, right? Mm. And what happened was, after the event, I can't remember in what context, the guy, like, tagged Alex in a tweet and said, like, you know, yeah, like, sorry, with yeah. a picture of himself and the Vuvuzela was like, I'll be back next year. <laughs> and then Machine just goes, don't come back, you're not welcome. And all of talent just, like, retweeted that immediately. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll I'll say this: like, I wasn't a big fan of Vuvuzelas when they came in for the fucking South African World Cup or whatever it was. At least it was sort of culturally. It sounds uh, like some a, sort of appropriate, a right? Because it's their one, instrument. One of the sexes, you know, genitals or something. <laughs> like, ah, oh, she had a fucking brilliant Vuvuzela. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> Bloody sound coming out of that. I give her the arm. Exactly. Yeah, mate. If if if, uh, if you're presented with a boo-boo's hailer and it's making that noise, uh, maybe, maybe either that or by. you know you get called from your old girlfriend. Like, yeah, I've got boo-boo's hailer. Oh, fucking, <laughs> do I have to go and check my salad smell? What? Before yeah, you I've write had, yourself. Exactly. Yeah, I've had, had a touch of boo-boo's hailer in the past myself. Uh, but yeah, so it looked the atmosphere looked good. Uh, Sam, you were getting some stuff for like. Did you get any? I didn't do. I didn't do anything, man. I'm such. No, I was just. I, I'm just a drunk mess, and I mean, I showed up with free beer the entire weekend. It was game over, but I filmed one shot of the crowd, so maybe I'll put some B-roll in you. But I've tried to that, mate. One <laughs> shot is a B-roll. B-roll. <laughs> B-roll oh, is like shot, multiple like, shots. It was at least like forty seconds. Really, it was for everything, mate. What a fucking mess. Maybe so that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What job, mate? You literally. I didn't even ask him. Setup. I didn't even ask him, right? This is the fucked up thing. I, he said, oh, I'm rich, man. I'm going to go to ESL One Cologne. So I'll get us loads. Like, you know what we used to do for trash talk with the eye dents and stuff? I'll get us loads of that. He completely volunteered <laughs> it. Completely volunteered it. So, like, he does this thing. He does it all the time where it's like he just unrealistically <laughs> manages my expectations where I think, yeah, Sam's actually not going to be a fucking ridiculous mess this time. Like, he's going to do Yeah, but I have got some good news. Show. I found all the old ident idents we had. So I've got hundreds of them anyway that we never hey. even used. So there we go, mate. It's like no I need. did it anyway. 
Just use some some ident of someone from about five years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Welcome to the channel. Yeah, it's going to be like, hi, I'm Sebler, live from ESL. Hi, I'm Sebler, I think, as well. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, that's fucking current, isn't it? There you go. Fucking sound. He does say it's great to show on Twitch, man. That's a big one. I'm Kia Shima trying to knock out Richard. Yeah, we'll get that one in, shall we? Get all the greats. All right, well, fuck it. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it was. Uh, I wish I could have had a few beers here, but it was just fucking too early. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried. I gave it a good go. But, um, but yeah, it was a hell of a fucking tournament. Um, so, look, let's talk about that. Well, actually, oh, let, actually let me one... address that because I actually yeah. think I kind of alluded to it before. And I think it came true is that the real reason why the whole Blast Soft exclusivity thing ultimately did fail is because Team Liquid did win that qualifier. So, in the end, yeah. whereas there would have been no events from one major to the other with all the elite teams there, because obviously Team Liquid. Never more than in the headlines than right coming up to this event. So it would have been perfect if you didn't want your rival to have any of the big teams for them not to be in Cologne. But actually, I think the knock-on effect was because they almost succeeded, end up being mm. worse because what they did is make ESL Cologne feel like the figure point of the last four months. It felt like the whole thing was like collected all the storylines. Pretty much every good team basically was there, except for like maybe G2 who didn't qualify, you know. That's about it. So that's why I think so many people, if you notice on the last two days, were hyping the angle of like it should be a major you know it's as good as the mm. majors like that i don't think that would have happened if we'd have had the normal circuit like it was still a great event i think it could have been a great high point but it felt to me like this is where you know that what reading reddit will always skew your perspective of what the general public thinks because if you'd read like the people who were stands of blast and stuff you'd think there was a lot of people who thought it was fine the circuit we just had and the blast events were fun but i got the sentiment from the from the outpouring of like celebration of this event that a lot of people were like holy fuck what's been going on for the last few months this is what we were missing like these are what the real tournaments are like yeah yeah, I mean, look, uh, it, there was a few interesting kind of like things sort of around the tournament, right? Because we had Liquid and Vitality in the final, and they were both teams that ostensibly sort of came through qualifiers, correct? Yes, both of them did. So that, you know, that that in itself, I mean, there's a universe where Team Liquid, I mean, the, the idea that they were ever going to let this one go, is so mind-blowing to me when you yes. consider, not only do they win it, not only does it kickstart, you know, all this talk about, is it an era or not? They win the Grand Slam off it. They were literally not going to go to this voluntarily. Yep. We the, the entire sort of like CS scene had to come together to manufacture a bullshit qualifier to get them there. And they could have not won that. Online CS, guys, like we all know fucking crazy that can be. It's just so, I, I, I don't know if they're, if they're like, Team, teams don't think about this shit, right? But like we had Astralis basically just give up a legacy and we had fucking Liquid risk not starting a legacy, not not starting yep. an era for just stupid fucking reasons. Because players just want to treat like fucking events like it's a holiday, and I hate that insidious kind of uh, thought process that's come in off the blast. Like, hey, come out, you know, you get to go to all these glamorous locations. It's only best of ones, loads of free time, you know, co free cocktails. Like, what is this? It's not fucking Club Tropicana, is it? You silly cunt. You meant to be in a sport. You know, the things like yes, I won Cologne, like the fucking Super Bowl. You should give a fuck. So, yeah, I was pretty, pretty fucking weirded out by that shit. Um, by the way, some people are saying I'm out of sync. I don't know why that would be the case. Um, is that is that a real thing? It's fine or on my end. Yeah. <laughs> change server. Oh, what's that? We'll change because it is. Different, whatever. You know? but if, if 
you know, fucking idiots. <laughs> Get, right. Any, just any, have a lie, innit? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll just have a lie and interrupt was, was the show, name, eh? Like, refresh something. Was it, was it some sort of PR It did dip out slightly, to be fair, but I think it was just the classic. Well, whatever. If, if, yeah, if, 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 just keep an eye on it. Um, so anyway, you had that, and obviously you had Vitality, um, who had a, a miracle run through the, the, the tournament, and they could not have been there. Um, so cr- crazy shit, but let's talk about the, the sort of storylines coming up and we'll, we'll save the best to last. So we'll work up from, um, you know, the kind of obvious stories. Let's start with a bit of MIBR, shall we? <laughs> uh, holy fucking shit. I mean, I, I am never backing these guys to do anything ever again. I think you see why I've been out on these guys for a long time, mate. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Like, all right. The reality is I've talked about this like for a while. The, the, the balance has been off in the team in the team i don't want to say too oh, oh i'd yeah, run like, like yoga. is it me no no it's rich oh it's him right there we go yeah he's completely frozen for me he's out a freeze i wonder what's going on with his internet then oh is he coming back no he's done <laughs> and done and gone forever oh there he is he's back i can hear him now rich i think yeah, I don't go. know what happened there. Yeah, I, yeah. I just completely froze up. So yeah. I'm just having oh, a check. Oh, was the Discord on freeze or was the internet? Yeah, I, the, the Discord, the Discord uh, problem. I like the internet's fine. The connection's yeah. still solid. But, yeah, but whatever. Discord. So anyway, so I was, uh, we'll cut that out. Yeah. Sorry, we'll just get so the refresh guy in. He'll explain that. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're trying a new like intermittent discussion of the talk show where what happens yeah. every now and then the internet will intentionally lag to give other people a chance that they'll jump in then it's lagged again it's all like, <laughs> just like that. because we're just trying a new format here guys like work with us you know some of our fans actually with bad internet so this is how they like to view the show all the time so it's a very intimate show this one <laughs> where we're just getting absolutely fucked by the internet very intimately though <laughs> So this was um, th- th- this was like the first time we saw um, you know Lucas coming in uh, for for the team, and there was just nothing that made me. Like, I wasn't confident in the move beforehand, but I certainly wasn't after watching them play at this event. I mean, it was absolutely just a woeful performance. They go out in last place. When you consider, like, okay, with Ents going out in last place, which we'll talk about in a second, that's a fucking anomaly, and yes. they got super unlucky. Right, real talk. But for MIBR going out in last place, this is a continuation of of this downward spiral of this decline that they've been in for a while. And you can say, "Oh, we made we we made a change, so it had this impact." You, you shouldn't look this bad. You were already at what I thought was going to be rock bottom for the team. Yes. You made a change, and there's no honeymoon period apparent. You actually lost to one of the teams I thought was the worst there in losing to big. Yep. I, th- I, I, think, I think this big team is a fucking disaster. I think they're terrible. All that needs to be said is it's not like big winning that game spurred them on some epic run like it did last year. They themselves just immediately went out of the tournament, not even against the top <coughs> team, and quite frankly showed nothing even including the MIBR game for my money, you know. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I had MIBR over, over Fnatic's. I thought it was going to heal like a, a lot of the problems now that Phelps wasn't there. Completely wrong. Uh, and then in the big series, I mean, it was like, remember, this is not the, the smoothie big in Cologne that was like liable to give somebody a tune in. This is a big with Dennis. You know, this is a big with like, um, and you know, apparently, Zantaris I don't know if you heard this line. It was yeah, only revealed at, like after the, they'd already gone out that apparently they were just letting Tabson try being the in-game leader at this tournament. Yep. 
Yeah, no, I was going to bring that up. You know, invalidates the very premise of the team, doesn't it? Like that. That's yeah. one of those things where when you hear that, that that sounds like when Cold Zero just became IGL of MIBR. It's like, right, is this the last thing we try before we break well, the band up? You know. Yeah, no, it's 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 this it's this trend. It's this trend, right? That and you will see it in Counter Strike all the time, and it's Big's turn to do it. Where it's like, oh fucking hell, these like legendary in-game leaders who like have all the tactics, do all the playbooks, but they can't frag out, right? And we lose rounds because of that. Well, I'm a star player and I believe I can do it all. It's Nico syndrome. And it's happened to how many fucking people? You know, they all get it in their heads just because they can top a fucking scoreboard, they can lead a team. I got a news flash for you old motherfuckers, you can't. And I, I, I've never seen anything in Tabson's career or personality that makes me think he's going to be a great in-game leader. If anything, it's more egregious than Nico's. It's so fucking dumb. And, you, you know, you've got Shocks doing it. The only one I've, the only star player I've seen have a go at in-game leading where the team has appreciably improved is Valde, because Valde is one of the best all-rounders in the world and super intelligent. But... Cold Zero's had a go. Garbage. Shocks is had a go. We all know that's fucking time. You know, game over for the French team when fucking Shocks does it. Um, you know, fucking obviously Cold Zero. That was just unbelievable. And now you got Tabson doing it. And there's probably a bunch of others that I forgot. So yeah, I, I, this is you're probably right. I think first of all, bringing Dennis in, garbage move. Um, I know. That, that like I love the guy. He's such a nice humble respectful guy but then again he's got every reason to be a nice mate, humble respectful guy because he's not that good oh he has to be mate when they make one of those <clears> moves <throat> that's one of those moves where it just makes you think actually i need to reconsider everything i said about smoothie and bacon about how he's fucked up his only chance at the top level because mm. what we didn't realize was we were comparing it a guy who's a bit of a, a bit of an arsehole hasn't figured out how to you know work with a team yet we were comparing him being replaced with a competent professional level player that would mean big was better but actually what you've seen so far with these terrible zantara's experiment and then the dennis move as i say yeah it's a downgrade and it doesn't make any sense even in the team and apparently they've been even using him as the opera or something ridiculous so if you add yeah. all this shit up together it's like you know what this is this is a terrible situation for smooth because it's making him think he's right and that his behavior is correct like look see they didn't need me look they needed someone at my level and yeah well, say he's entirely wrong after seeing how fucking bad no but this 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 is the reality this is the reality he was always right it's not about it right smoother the rat king is the problem not smoother the author not smoother the player sure. it's smoother it's smoother the guy who just fucking hates his teammates because they're speaking german when they're german it's Smuya who won't won't listen to his in-game leader who says, listen, I think uh, we should move you to secondary open because I've got some ideas for Tabson. And he has a tantrum about it. That Smuya is a cancer to any team he will be in. And he, if he doesn't grow out of it, because look, everyone's lost in this deal. Let's not pretend Smuya's had people beating down his fucking door and he's going to be in a, on a top team. No top team wants to touch him. I mean, that's the reality. Because if they did, he would have been got by now. Like no joke, compared sure. to the ne compared to the Neo move, I could have seen Smoothie fitting into this cut price fucking phase. I could have seen that. It, they'd probably be better off. I don't think Neo's the, the fucking in-game solution, in-game leader solution that they're looking for. So really weird um, with Big and, and this Tabson thing, and I, I think it's gonna fail. And because um, why would you have God B around? Like why would you literally have God B in the team? <laughs> If he's not the in-game leader, why would you use him? So, um... Which surely uh, God be on some level must understand. So mm. surely he didn't just volunteer this this idea happen. Yeah, it's crazy to me. 
But anyway, we're talking about MOBR. So let's, um, you know, let's just underline it. This, this team way, looks abysmal. You nailed this last episode when you said, yeah. why is this another move presented as a loan? Wasn't this the one where they yeah. said, like, that technically he's on loan initially? or something? There was words to that effect, wasn't there? Like, they were trying well, to look, set I'll, up I'll, as though they knew this wasn't a permanent change. After last episode, I, w I, won't, I won't say who, but um, I was approached by um, some people who, let's say, have a good knowledge of you know the Brazilian scene and MIBR in particular, and they just said like everything you're saying on the show is true. You know all the theory crafting you do, and it's like it's like you're a fly on the wall. You got you've you you know you've nailed ninety five percent of the issues. Specifically, I, it was the cold zero fallen rift. There we go. Um, so I I, I feel like um, this this. There is no fixing this team with one-off roster moves and saying it's a loan and we're going to fix this and we're going to fix there, there really isn't. There's something rotten at the heart of it. Like, since they brought Taco and Zeus back, that was meant to be the panacea. It's that, actually got mate, worse. That was a move to calm Cold Zero down and tell him, you know, we're doing what you want, <coughs> the people you want back in the team. Exactly. That was to placate him as far as I can tell. Mm. He was the one who wanted them back and That's why he wanted to go to Team Liquid when they were there. Yeah. So... Really weird um, uh, situation, and I don't understand why Lucas was coming in unless they sort of knew Cold Zero was going to go, and maybe it was the pathway to get, like, Lucas and Henny in there. And But then Henny replacing Cold Zero, that, that's not good. So I, I don't really understand. But anyway, just to talk about them in the context of ESL1 Cologne, this is rock bottom. This is what rock bottom looks like. That You go out, it's one of the biggest tournaments... You have very beatable opposition, in my opinion. Oh, if we of just talk they didn't about even have the hardest draw, no, like I mean, everything was laid up here for them. Like, bring in Lucas, get a couple of soft wins, say, "Hey, look, we're improving," and keep the wolf from the door a little bit. But that didn't happen um, at all. Uh, it, they just looked really bad and disjointed. No cohesion, tactics terrible. Their T sides remain an embarrassment. They keep thinking they can play Inferno. <laughs> they fucking can't. Like even when they have twelve three halves on Inferno, they still go to overtime. It's it's insane. Um, I have no idea why they keep trying to play this map. Um, because they cannot and will not ever be able to do it. For some reason, Fallen's brain can't crack it. So yeah, yeah, I think for me, I think that, you know, at this point, I you know, I said it publicly. Uh the Immortals group must be thinking, fucking hell, we should have kept those Danes. Because right now, that Optic Danish side would batter MIBR. Put it this way, everyone is going to think, right, Rich, until before this event, if you'd have said that, <coughs> people would have been like, oh, he's gone too far with the hit on MIBR now. Come on, yeah. man. You know, all the Optic team did was, you know, win like a dream hack. And, you know, MIBR still well, I did say zero. this before, yes, so no, I was thing. a little bit nervous about it. Imagine I present you with this scenario, right? We're going to have to keep just one of these teams but you know what? It's not just keeping the teams. It's a rebuilding project, and you have a choice. You can either take MIBR without Cold Zero, or you can take mm. an MSL-led optic, which you might be able to add pieces to. Well, the difference between those two is, right, first of all, you take Cold Zero out of MIBR. That's like, what, fucking 60% of the value of the team drops off the face of the planet yeah. because there is no replacement coming through that door. Meanwhile, laugh all you want at the optic team. Where they are right now, you add like one good piece to that. They'd be a very powerful team. So like, I'm I'm with you on that one, mate. That, that's not yeah. as ridiculous as it sounds. Or the only angle really that goes in favor of the Brazilians is the whole marketing angle of it's MIBR and they've got the Brazilian fans.
minutes. And even yeah, then, but here's the thing: the, they, they do you definitely think the Brazilians... underestimate how much that's worth. You know, let, let me tell you something about the fucking Brazilian fan base. I don't give a fuck. I'll just say it, right? Y'all talk about that loyalty and that fucking brotherhood and that passion and stuff. But, you know, they're the biggest fucking uh, critics of the teams when they underperform. Oh, they're fair weather as fuck, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, across all sports, this is true. It's like they have an expectation. You know, I, I remember watching UFC where, you know, Brazilian motherfuckers are booing, you know, Vandalay Silva yeah. for, you know what I mean? It's like, this guy's a fucking legend and he fights his heart out. Who gives a you fuck? Know many, I, you know, you must have had this. I've had so many times where, because they're not even original, they just all spam that famous picture of Fur when he was in Luminosity in that yeah. blue hoodie where he goes like this, right? They all spam that. So what's funny is you're using a player to talk shit to me that you yourself then routinely criticise, yet also won't let me kick out your team. Like, do you have any clue how not screwed on your heads are as fans? Like, on the one hand, you want to say they're your players and they rep you, and that's like, that's why you vicariously are better by proxy than us somehow, because we don't come from Brazil. But you hit on their, your own team more than anyone themselves. What the fuck is that? What is that? Yeah, and, and, and that, that's what I mean, though. But, like, I, I know this from talking to the Brazilian guys. They're like, listen... We get shit off other fans, but it's always the one, it's always Brazilian fans that say the most hurtful and outrageous things when we've had a bad game. I mean, you know, they get kicked very hard when they're down. So let me tell you, the idea that fucking Brazilian fans are gonna, were ever going to stick around and tolerate if this team didn't live up to expectations is a myth. And of course, here's where it really helps. You've got Furia now. You watch all those little fucking flares on Reddit change, guys. You watch it. Because there's going to be a lot of people who are MIBR fans who are going to be like, yeah, Fallen's fucking washed up, any but this Furia team who've just got a five-year fucking sponsorship with Nike because of their association with others, uh, we're going to fucking, we're going to go over to them now. Exciting young team. I mean, don't get me wrong, actually. Furia, they've, they've had a bit of a wobble. This is what yes. happens. You've, you've hit that top five. Um, and now people respect you and actually prepare for you. <laughs> so you better have a plan B. Uh, but anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Cold Zero move as well, because it's a nice little segue. Uh, after ESL won Cologne, Cold Zero said he didn't want to play anymore for them and, and basically asked to be benched, which is, again, in, in esports parlance, he's asking to leave and be sold. Um, basically saying, saying, I do not want to play for you <laughs> yeah. in any context, even yeah, though yeah, like... we have a motherfucking world championship right on our door, literally. <clears throat> and and I'm, I'm sick of it, man, because I'm sick of players being cunts. By the um... way, specifically Brazilian players, how many fucking times is this same core going to say, something went wrong and it's everyone else's fault? I don't have five players who want to be in the same team for this major. What, for a third time? Yeah, for a third time, how many fucking times is this going to happen? How... How can, how, like, I, I think just what, don't Fallen, understand. Should we just do this? Should we get the rule book for the major? And in the section, it says eligibility of a roster. Can we just leave that blank? And then you just tell us a day before the major starts, like whatever we need to write in there to make your team able to play. How can this keep happening? If it's going to happen, at least fucking own up to it and be like, yeah, we have mismanaged, you know, the, the roster and the reason, you know, we should have done it. Own up to it if you're going to make the mistakes. It's too many times now. It's like three and, different and, times. And, and someone in the chat has gone, Cold actually offered to play the major, but the team declined. Uh, he said through his own Instagram. Um, well, first of all, uh, he's, he's. Are you also... aware of the concept? That you, just link that guy to the to the premise, right? <laughs> you just have to link him the cover of the Ricky Gervais movie, yeah, the invention of lion, and he's going the I invention know. of the invention of what? <coughs> Doesn't look like anything to me. Fucking yeah. hell! How gullible are you? I mean, put put it put it this way. I mean, even if that is true, the whole problem has arisen because you have basically ahead of the world championships said that you don't want to play. So I mean, you know, that's, that's your, 
traditional path. <laughs> yeah, path exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like so, they just, um, they're, 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 you know what? I tell you what MIBR are. They're the guy yeah. who they have their own fucking console. And when you're playing them on the game they own, like they have FIFA on their fucking Mega Drive and you haven't, right? They're just getting really good at FIFA. And if you lose to them at FIFA, they're like, oh, stop complaining. You know, you, you could play it if you wanted. But then if you're playing some game that you own, they're just like, well, I've, I don't, I've never played it before. So this, you know, we'll, we'll play one game, but this doesn't count. It's like, fuck off. They all count. Like, it's always like this, guys. It's like you're always trying to find some way to invalidate someone else winning the major because your team isn't the best right now. Yeah. Well, look, and a report came out today um, that uh, Starladder have said that because of the rules around replacing players for majors, leaving does not constitute an emergency. So Zeus wouldn't be able to stand in. Zeus, their coach. So I don't even know what that does. Like, does this mean that they've preemptively registered Lucas? Or does this mean Cold Zero will have to come back and play for the major anyway? Even though, according to Instagram, they already declined it? Like, I don't even understand what the fuck is going on there. Because you're not, you're not allowed to play 4v5. I mean, like, are we, are we actually staring at a scenario where MIBR are effectively going to forfeit their spot at a major? That's, that's unthinkable, right? Also, what a way to go out. Like, let, this is what I'd have to ask. This is the real question, right? Why is that even a premise? Like, surely what happens is you find out from the rules, turns out we can't replace someone at the last minute. You know, we've got to play with it. So then you all just go, well, no problem, because we're all just rational, reasonable human beings who've played with each other for many years for a right, fabulous exactly. fucking salary. And so, you know what, guys? Even though I have said I, in the long term, don't want to play with you guys, obviously I'll play this last tournament. I'll try like a professional. I hope we win. And if we don't, no hard feelings. Let's all move on like that. Not like a bunch of fucking mean girls out of a movie. Like, I'll never be with that bitch again. Like, what is this? Why is there even a problem after they find like us three do doing this podcast? We all fucking hate each other. You know what secretly, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, secretly we all fucking hate each other. We're all there like cutting each other off, trying to destroy each other's careers. And then once a week, <laughs> we just come together and we just we fucking go. style it out. You know what I mean? Like, we if we can do it, MIBR. I mean, if you guys do. just knew the reason why Rich like <laughs> is always knackered is he has to go and have a two-hour conversation with Blast after every fucking show. I know it's rough. That authority keeps telling me to bring it all up. It's in his contract. He has to reference him three times a show. I don't I'm even sorry. want to do it, guys. I'm trying to downplay it, you know. But yeah, anyway, um, can I get in on them Blast at once? <laughs> That's my new name. Um, That's in new. Yeah, yeah. I figured out half of the trigger is just in how obnoxious the, the slogans and catchphrases are. So there's a new one. Add that to the list. Blast of ones. Um. So look, here was another thing as well. Uh, Taco uh, tweeted out saying, um, "MIPR is an excellent organization, and it has provided us with a psychologist." Uh, who's going to be working with us before the major? I mean, his I think it's great. He might have to fucking play. Yeah, yeah. No, no. His first analysis was: uh, you guys seem to be having an acute case of uh, horse already bolted itis, and uh, there's nothing I can do here. It's terminal, actually. So you maybe should have brought me in. Let's see, about three years ago. Like, what? Is, what's this guy going to do? That's like that's like him just coming into some fucked up family where they're like twenty years deep on some like hateful cold war of like attrition and at the end they're like so two two sessions of family therapy you reckon that'll sort us out said no <laughs> yeah, no, this, no this is the start of the process motherfucker <laughs> yeah this is nothing we can do um so i mean really weird to sort of think that this is a psychological problem when first of all you've got to get your roster in order you don't have five players pulling in the same fucking direction you know 
So the whole uh, the whole MBR situation is absolute travesty. And um, as I said, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do for the major. I really don't. But, you know, it might... It, you're caught in two worlds, right? Because, like, on the one hand, maybe they have to forfeit, and that's kind of, like, really embarrassing and unprofessional. That's bullshit if they have to do that. Come on. <clears throat> sure, but then, the, on the other hand, imagine if you have to watch them play. You know <laughs> what? Fuck that. This, this might sound harsh, and, and I'm not entirely sure how I would implement this, so I'll just throw it out as a general idea and not say, like, the specifics of how it should be implemented. I'm not sure. But I actually mm. do feel like, you know, in the old days, at the beginning of CSGO, one of the things actually famously that ESEA did, which people thought was a bit harsh, was if you played their whole online season and you qualified for the LAN and you said, actually, fuck it, price is too much for the ticket, I'm just not going to bother attending the LAN, they actually yeah. sometimes would ban you from the next season because their logic was like, well, why the fuck did we just play the whole season? It was the last minute at the whim of you. You know, either we look stupid and we have to invite a team that didn't qualify or we're just left with one less team and our fucking finals is ruined. I think at this point in time, with how many times these guys... There should be something like that for these guys with a major. So if you cannot feel five players for the world championship, that only happens twice a year, you are fucking up the tournament. Like, you, they, remember, you've got a qualification spot or it depends where you finish, etc. But, like, this this isn't a good look just professionally for the scene. No, it's terrible. And it's embarrassing for MIBR and the Immortals group. I think if Noah was still part of the organization, this probably wouldn't be happening. Um, but, um, you know, right now, Immortals Group are more focused on trying to fucking sneak their way into LCS um, via the acquisition of Optic and um, and selling their fucking Overwatch franchise. So um, I don't think they actually give too much of a fuck about MIPR. I don't even think it's a passion project anymore. I think it's just like, well, it's there. It's an asset. We'll just let this one ride out. So you'd so, think someone called fucking Noah would understand the concept of wiping the slate clean, picking a couple of things that are working out, transporting them and hallucinating, and starting over, wouldn't you? you think yeah, he'd he understand would. that premise. That's pretty good. Um, and then, of course, obviously the big talking point is um, Kiyoshima tweeted out, you know, it was Cold Zero doing the phase-up sign with Nico, um, <laughs> which was from an event way back Likely, when. But I mean, his banter is like mildly cunty. <laughs> oh, Kiyo's great for that. Kiyo's great for that. <laughs> Um, big fan. Uh, but yeah, the, um, the, the, uh, reports out there are that, you know, actually they, they it, they're open to it and it'll probably be Neo that's gonna, um, be going out and they're gonna go back to glorious God Emperor Nico running the show. Which is by the way, fucking hilarious because they just <coughs> spent all their time explaining how it was a good addition to add Neo, who's bringing structure mm. to the team, you know, obviously Nico needed to stop giving up and get, and then magically, of course, it, sorry, it's called Zero available. Uh, actually, can you have the, the lock guy change the keys on Neo's apartment and just uh, send him the pink <laughs> yeah. slip in the mail. Like, fucking hell. Like, it's no loyalty in this business, is it? It's mental. Let's be real, though. I mean, um, you know, we'll get to this when we talk about FaZe. Neo's not been good enough, has he? No, of course not. That's why it's hilarious. Bad. Richard, how many times... You've personally seen this happen at least two or three times. So oh, when yeah. I made the banter joke about Neo, which, by the way, was a very fair banter, because I even within the banter, it was where I said, when they got knocked out, I said, after they lost to Faze, I, well, you know, something like, I'm, I bet Faze are glad they got rid of that washed-up X 1.6 player. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah. The reason it was a good joke yeah. is, first of all, it does address the fact Neo was bad. It also kind of admits that Carrigan was in a bad spot as well, and therefore the mm. joke is, but they think to themselves... 
well, we've got rid of that player, but that obviously fits the next guy. They let have their job, basically, and it also didn't work for him. Now, here's the problem with this one, right, bitch, is why does Neo clap back there? No, why does Nico clap back there? Nico claps back there, and this is what you have personally seen at least two or three times. He'll oh, do sure. this yeah. where it's like you're not allowed to criticize his shit teammate. He's, you're supposed to pretend his shit teammate's good and that Nico's and all of them are equally sharing in the success. Yeah, the it's failure. Nico who's going to go out and cut the motherfucker. But then Nico instantly himself will have that person removed and never for mm. one second ever think about them in his life again or reference them in an interview or ever say, like, I wish I was still playing with Dennis and Spiddy or, you know, any of the yep. people he's defended. Like, he'll, he himself is... It's like, it's like he really does believe you are just not entitled to comment on anyone in his team, even when you might even be building the case that makes him get less of the blame. What a weird no, fellow but- he Oh, no, no, mate. It's just arrogance. It's just arrogance. You have to understand it, you know? It's like some people, they can cope with, like, adoration and praise and success and talent and being another people are just mentally not fucking cut out for it at all. Um, And the only time they ever really learn and sort of have a reappraisal is when shit's bad, (laughs) you know? So when Cold Zero ends up at some fucking failing team and, you know, can't hit the numbers anymore or when Nico loses his ability or whatever... And they're having to do the journeyman thing. They'll fucking they'll have a think. But right, until I've just then... got something through on the uh, on the telegram actually. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Told is it's from uh, it's from somewhere. He's in doing a bit. Apparently, uh, what's happened is that they didn't want to commit a long term contract to Neo because this was just supposed to be sort of like a short little you know <coughs> peppy intimate kind of a little deal where they just played with him for one or two events and they kind of you know enjoyed it. It was fun, but they didn't want to invest too much for the long term. You know. And basically, they didn't want to tell anyone, but Neo had just bought one of the FaZe front row tickets, actually, where you get to play an event for FaZe Clan and in-game lead them. And uh, he didn't want to pay for the Blast LA, though. So as a result, he has to go out the lineup and uh, in comes Cold Zero. You liked for all that, so you probably didn't get any of that shit, but whatever. It's all still got it on stream. It's all straight fire, so just nod and agree. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I am nodding and, and agreeing. Uh, right, anyway... Um, let's talk, move on to the next uh, talking point. Uh, Ents was the next one. Um, the uh, Not a good week for people who have been flaming, is it? Not a good week. No, not really. But, uh, you know, I will I will add, um, I thought they were very unlucky. Like, first of all, Heroic were a team that, you know, if you've been following their development and where they're at right now, they're liable to steal maps. And they'll always give you a game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They are fucking the upset crew right now. Um, just to say some things about them, because obviously, you know, we'll be pushed for time otherwise. You know, the people that have developed there, I mean, first of all, you know, this Blame F uh, has been playing really well, and he's obviously the in-game leader as well. Stown, you know, we talked a lot about him, you know, back when we were calling him Starvin Martin or whatever the fuck. Stown has, has been, which is how it's properly pronounced. Yeah, I was told. He's been, well. been doing uh, really, really well. And listen, I always thought this Nato Sapphix was one of these weird journeyman cunts who just fucking have, you know, they just end up playing with all those like weird fucking online face it cheater heroes who eventually end up getting fucking banned from ESEA two years after everyone stops talking about them. I thought he was kind of destined to be that kind of fodder, but honestly, he slotted into the team quite nicely. To and, be fair, uh, the alias Nato Suffix does sound like he does play some sort of MMORPG as an exclusively female pixie character. Somebody explained it, actually. I can't even remember the fucking story. Was there a good story. reason? No, it's garbage. It's a really oh, shit enough. name. <laughs> and, and it's basically along the lines of, you know, it sounds cool. Uh, it was pretty, pretty terrible. But anyway, <clears throat> um, 
yeah, he's he's fitted into the team quite nicely. And you got the veteran smarts there with Freiburg, you know, East Tag, who I always thought was one of the weaker players in the old heroic lineup back when they were like really relevant. Um yeah, he um yeah, he he you know, this team is like you say, it's prime upset fodder. They'll they'll always be competitive. I had them taking nip out, which didn't happen, but it was a pretty close series, it was pretty good. Um and obviously in best of ones, I I think you want to dodge heroic at a tournament like this, especially if you're ents. You know, they got this um, sort of uh, similar play style. Uh, so, and and when Mirage came out, I was like a little bit like, oh, fuck, you know? So I still had Ent stealing it, but I knew it was going to be a close game. In the end, Heroic bossed it. And then unfortunately for Ents, the way the bracket went, they ended up having to play fucking Vitality, which is like, again, I, I chose Ents in my predictions to win, but I, I, it wasn't like a confident pick. It was a coin toss pick because they've had so many... Uh, you know, it's just stylistically like Vitality will fucking be ends with the bracket most they had, times. Bear in mind, three teams make it out. <coughs> they were worse going to be the third team. Surely it should have been Astralis, Vitality, and Ents. Those were the three mm. ones. You know, there wasn't as much wiggle room. I agree. I had them at least making playoffs, but then again, no one realized both them and Vitality could lose the best of one. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So I, I felt I felt super sorry for Ents and just the way it panned out. And obviously this led to a lot of people online going, well, the format shit. <coughs> fucking hell, guys. Like, don't you realize that we have to fucking, you know, we have, we have to have a way of, of speeding the tournament up a little bit so we get to an end. And best of ones on day one is how it goes down. You don't want to be in a knockout against a potentially good team in a best of three. Uh, you know, don't lose your best of one. That's just how it's got to be. And people yeah. were complaining about this fucking format purely on what happened to Ents. And uh, I think that was, I think that's stupid. It's like, haven't you been watching what's been happening this year with garbage format? Do you want to see a garbage format? Tune in in four days. Because the blast's happening again. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I did feel really sorry for them. I don't think this is part of an Ents decline, right? I don't think this is part of like an Ents problem. I, I think this is like super bad luck. This isn't an MIPR situation. You shouldn't judge Ents based <coughs> on going out last place in Cologne, except to say they probably should have won that best of one, but it's a best of one. And maybe they could have beat Vitality, but it's Vitality, they're fucking kryptonite. Just yeah. super unlucky. And I think next tournament, you know, you'll see Ents bounce back and, and play really well. No, the, the, I agree. The thing is, the, the two matches they played, the first one against Heroic, <coughs> unfortunately, I think they mismanaged the veto on that one because actually, as soon as I saw Mirage, I was like, there's actually a chance for Heroic to win this one. Like, that's yeah. not Ents' best map. It's a good one, but uh, I think they maybe made a mistake, just as I think Vitality made a mistake playing Nip on DOS too. Same shit. Yeah. You could yeah. lose that game, and you indeed did. And then in the Vitality series, listen, they still won a map of Vitality. It's not bad. They're a very, very yeah. good team. And then you add in, I also personally think, I'll have to see how this plays out. If I had to pick a team who's going to get hit a bit by that org nerf. I think I'd probably pick Ents as one of the squads because I always saw them as a squad that got by on great CT sure. position, stuff like that. I think they, it helped. the difference is someone for me, like X7, where he might have gotten the second kill when someone chases him when he has an org. If he just has an M4, he probably just kills the first guy and dies after hitting like two bullets to the next guy. That And that can be a little bit of a difference. But that wouldn't account for coming last. Like, I think if you put them in a different tournament with a different bracket draw, they would maybe be top four still, but they would have made the playoffs. So I agree. I'm not reading too much in this. I think maybe their fans maybe overhyped them a little bit, but not even that much. They were still a very, very good team. Yeah, you have to understand that in, in a field this thick and, and fucking uh, high quality, there was always going to be some big names like Crash Out. Just the nature of the beast, you know? It's, it's all the best teams. 
and ends with that team this time around. But I don't think um, I don't think this it's was also remember the most stacked tournament of the year. So yeah, again, if things yeah. go badly, you go up very quickly. Yeah. Um, so you know, nothing to worry about there. Sergey was still playing well as as well. Watching him go against Zaiwu was a fucking treat. Um, so yeah, not not too much to worry about for Ents. Now the other uh, storyline I think that we should uh, touch upon at this juncture is the Furia one that I alluded to earlier. You know, this is a team, a uh, young team, very exciting. You know, me and Duncan are, are fans. We like what they're doing. Um, but the last couple of tournaments they've been at, you know, this is this has been the kind of awakening, the reckoning, like where are you going to go, you know? We've had all the news about the five-year contracts. Everyone says it's ridiculous, negative headlines. We had uh, the, the, that got kind of offset with the whole, hey, Nike is sponsoring us for five years. Complete coincidence, I suppose, that the number five was in it to sort of make it turn over in your brain that, oh, yeah, it's actually a super long-term project with a super long-term deal, as if a team in CS is going to stay together for five years, as if we're still playing CSGO in five years. Um, a, lot of, ridiculous. a lot of givens that aren't givens in yeah, that deal. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, obviously, I, I think I think with Furia uh you know they they did have to bump into navi uh and that that was a very close series uh honestly that, that was like a 16 12 or 16 14 um they were just a little bit lacking there I, i'd probably say most notably um uh you know uh, fucking able j kind of didn't have a great tournament uh, people in the chat were spamming disabled Jay. That wasn't particularly cool. Reasonable. Um, but yeah, he got, he got a lot of fucking hate for some of his performances. Uh, Yuri was a little bit off too. Um, but but honestly, I, I, I think like, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Furia from a month ago probably could have snuck in a map or maybe even took a series off, off a Na'Vi with a new player themselves that didn't look great uh, at this event. Uh, we'll get to Knifegate <laughs> very soon. Um, but, uh, I mean, other than beating Renegades, you know, Furia looked a, a little bit like they'd been found out at this event. So I'm hoping they can bounce back because it would be a shame if it was like <coughs> some mercurial flash in the pan. I don't think it is. Uh, it's too early to say that. But again, they got tuned up by NRG on Nuke, which, which Furia are a very good Nuke team. Um, and then obviously they couldn't take Nuke off, off Na'Vi and they did have a 16-14 in there. I think Na'Vi looked vulnerable th th this tournament despite as far as they got. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know about uh, wh where Fury is at right now and, and, and whether or not they can continue to develop. I guess we'll find out. Well, one of the other laughable things about the team signing the five-year contracts is also the notion they'd want those five players for five years. Like, let's say this team does stay together under this org, yep. keeps playing, proves itself it's good, you know, has a bunch more playoff appearances. You'd probably want to change the five players anyway. Like, I actually think as a team, one thing they're going to have problems with is having enough people who are good enough at fragging in the game. Like, the style's interesting. Some of the map pool's quite mm. unique for a coming team. But as you say, they got to play their best map, Nuke, a whole bunch of times at this tournament and if you put if you are a team that's a lower team and you get your best map against the big team you're supposed to get the upset that's supposed to be when yeah. they have to respect you think about when gambit first came on the scene winning on cobblestone and all of us they made people respect them by the time that major came they were a legit squad then cause they'd used that stepping stone of having like the one map you have to ban against them and then they go to another like fury of their problem is i think a lot of the other players and teams look at them and think I'm not that scared about them. I doubt they'll do what they did a few months ago. So it's on them now to actually stabilize where they are in the scene. Otherwise, yeah, they're going to fade away.
Sorry, just uh, arguing with a fucking moron in chat. Sorry. I'm finding myself more and more prone to do that at the moment. Uh, Jamie267095 said, What? Navi don't look good. They only lost to Liquid. You do understand that, like, if a football team wins 1-0 every fucking game, tedious, grindy defensive performances, like the fucking uh, George Graham's Arsenal team that basically won games because they had the best back four in the fucking league, right? You do understand you can look bad and win, you fucking cretin. Do you get that? No, you don't get that because you are fucking brain dead. Get the fuck out of my chat. Also did fucking already have, idiot. like, the best player in the world. I think it's harsh. Fresh. Yeah, exactly. Imagine looking bad and scraping wins while you got simple playing for you, dropping 60 fucking frags every map. Obviously, they look bad. You bell end. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from Fury. We'll get to Narvi and we'll get to Knifegate because this is a fucking juicy topic of conversation. It actually demonstrated uh, people's um, uh, willingness to move into fucking binary thinking. Yep. Um, because, because, right, right. And I put this point out. My point was this, all these people were hating simple and going, oh, well, you just cost us the series against team liquid. It's true. He did effectively. Yep. Um, although, you know, if they'd won the first map, maybe liquid stepping up in the second. Yeah, maybe it would have played yeah, different. Yeah. I, I even said that to liquid guys. Like, yeah, no, I, I remember you saying it on the show. Zero, you know, because I just think <laughs> myself, oh, I would have played differently if I lost the first map. Yeah. Yeah, well, it but, kind of, it kind of did. They almost won two zero. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, right? Okay, I he, they wouldn't have been in the series if Simple wasn't playing it. There wouldn't have been. That's also there true. Wouldn't he have... was fucking sick that map. <laughs> yeah. except for that moment, basically. And and so, if you're the type of person who goes, well, fuck yeah, Simple, even in he overtime, the game. I, I believe in overtime he had like thirteen kills or something just in overtime. So it's like it's not yeah. like he just gave up after that, did he? He kept fucking trying. No, so it, it's like listen. Yes, simple did cost them it with that knife. That 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 was a needless flamboyance, um, and fair play to him for not trying to style it out and say, "Oh, the knife was the most efficient play in that situation yes. or whatever." When it clearly wasn't, he didn't. He owned his shit. He shouldn't have done it, but he dropped fucking over forty kills, right? And if we want to start talking about mistakes that cost rounds, why do you cunts never talk about all the times Zeus gets fucking wrecked with a flashbang out or he can't win a duel when someone's looking away from him or fucking, you know, the ter some of the terrible performances Boomich had, right? Why do we never talk about that? Because those are mistakes that cost you a round, right? So if we were to line up everyone's mistakes that cost you rounds, <coughs> Simple's mistakes are probably one or two. He did make another one, I think, in OT where he did an aggressive peak needlessly. Zeus will have about 10. So I, I don't understand what, what the fucking point here is. Basically, what they were doing is, it's like, okay, Argentina lost a game 6-5, right? And Messi scored five goals, and he could have had a sixth, but he there tried to do, for a double hat trick, but he tried to do a clever little back heel when he could have just tapped it into the bottom corner, right? But... The fucking centre-back, I don't even know who plays centre-back for Argentina anymore, honestly, but the centre-back scored three own goals and the fucking right-back <coughs> fucking gave away a penalty and instead you're going to go and hate on Messi, you silly cunts. Think about that. Think about what you're doing. So, yeah, Otamendi, there you go. Yeah, he is fucking trash. So, um, yeah, it, it was a ridiculous thing to focus on. But but again, it's not that anyone's wrong in the argument. No, no, there's some truth to it. Yeah, he shouldn't have done it. 
course he shouldn't have done it. I'd be just fucking like camping. Say, I'd be livid. Like the way I always describe it is I always say it's the flaw of like unduly linear thinking, thinking that like everything must go in a certain order and it could only have happened that way. And therefore, if this one thing was different, it would have. No, the whole point is like when you look at the game, simple was happening before and after that, that particular moment. Like I, if you want to make a list of why did we lose this game? Right. In terms of the fact that he could have ended the game, yes, his mistake would be high up. But there would be loads of other non-simple related mistakes that would be like, well, who fucked up this strat here? Why was this position like, why was he even in a 1vx on this scenario? Obviously, even on that round itself, it was then very poorly played out by the rest of his teammates that they made them lose. I mean, started as a 1v4 and then he ended up obviously clutching it. So I, I agree with you. You certainly shouldn't ignore that. Like, it wasn't a bad mistake. It would have literally won one map minimum. But in terms of the rest of it, there's plenty of problems in Na'Vi, guys. They're not a fucking perfect team, except that their superstar doesn't carry all the time. And as an overall team, I definitely agree with the sentiment you said on Twitter, which is like, if your basic win condition is the best player ever must play like the best player ever right now as the best player ever in every match, you haven't got a fucking top team. You've got a team that is ridiculous, that as a premise should not exist. Yeah, and, and look, let's talk about Na'Vi's progress through the tournament because, again, that fucking moron that was in the chat were, was trying to, like, big up that this was, like, a real good performance because, you know, they only lost to Liquid. Right. Let's talk about the best of one against Mouse Sports, which they absolutely did not deserve to win. Um, you had Simple, again, dropping 32 kills. They got super lucky right at the end when it mattered with a timing from a push from Electronic where he did the yep. trigger discipline and was able to get those two kills. Like, and there were a, there were a, there were some serious mistakes from Mouse Sports that basically gave away the, the series. Mouse Sports looked good for a win against that. Um, I think Carrigan was a little bit sort of like, I don't even understand how we've lost that map. Then you have Knife Gate in Liquid, which fair enough, maybe they could have beat Liquid, right? Sure. Maybe, maybe they should have beat Liquid didn't happen gotta wonder about that self-destructive element but again if you're looking at simple in that series and you're saying a man who dropped 84 frags in three maps is the problem get the fuck out of my game you never talk again never never speak again because you know you had fucking zeus down there barely scraping a respectable scoreline as fucking per and you know flamey boomich electronic they have their moments, but they never string their moments together. Like, do you remember the electronic we were talking about was the second best player in the world, possibly? Like, you know, he's not around anymore, guys. That's just real talk. He's still very good. But there was a point where he was doing interviews going, yeah, I think I could be better than simple me. Yep. Fuck off. That was off. a real topic. Well, it, well, yeah, it was at the time. But yeah. fuck off, is it relevant now? Oh, no. That's why so, people have to realize. It's like, if you're late to CS and you've just now been watching Simple thinking he's mega, just imagine he was doing all this and even at times better and it never stopped for a year into the past or more. Like, that's the sort of heat of this motherfucker's on. Yeah. He's not just good. He's like unbelievable. It's like, again, it's like someone said at the end of the tournament, someone linked because everyone was saying, because he had a couple of games that stick in everyone's mind. Like, he had a map against, I think it was the last map actually against Liquid. He wasn't that great in it, you know? Everyone yeah. was going like, it was a bad tournament for him. You go look at the stats, mate. I think he was still like third in the overall tournament. Right? Oh, no, wild. Some utterly outrageous. Like, wild. Like, yeah, I'd love for that to be my bad day's performance if I was a pro player. Yeah. So then you had... Um... The the, uh, the rematch against Mouse Sports, overtime uh, win uh, on Inferno. Another really close game. Uh, yeah, right. Re really, really close. Uh, then they get battered on Dust Two, and then you get the uh, you get a, the rematch on Train from earlier, and it just looked like 
Na'Vi uh, just had done their homework a little bit more. They were a little bit more crisp. But what was notable about that series was that was the one time I think this tournament, Electronic, did do simple things and simple numbers. So they won that out, right? But again, very losable series. They they get through by the grace of overtime. Then they play NIP. NIP, I don't know what was going on at this tournament with them. It kind of felt they were like something and nothing. You know, like they were winning games that you could sort of vaguely see them doing well in. And then, uh, you know, they they were also fucking kind of like, you know, as soon as they came up against a real opposition, they just wilted a little bit. So I don't really think you can talk too much about Na'Vi NIP. Let's talk about the Furia games, a 16-12, 16-14 series, super close. So, and then obviously they get uh, banged out 2-0 uh, by, by Liquid again, you know, two 16-12s. And Simple didn't have a God-tier series that time. And it was Boomich that had to do it. So, um, again, we saw evidence of, well, what happens when Simple goes missing against the Team Liquid? It turns out they're not relevant. They're not, they're not close at all. So, Na'Vi, for me, they were the worst team that got the deepest run at this event. I'm, I, am, I am not convinced. Yeah, I am, I, I am not convinced by this Na'Vi lineup. And it's the same old, same old. They're relying <coughs> on Simple to drag them through games. And usually by the time it gets to a final or a semi-final, Simple is fucking burnt the fuck out from having to do heroics all event. Plus, there was a, there was an appreciable change. After Knifegate, Simple wasn't doing pushes and wasn't playing as aggressive. Go watch the demos. Go watch the demos. Simple, clear, someone had clearly said something to him and about, look, why is it always got to be about you? You cost us that series against Liquid or something. I can imagine Zeus fucking teeing off on him big time because that's just how Zeus rolls. And he and he did play a little bit more within a team structure and a little bit less flamboyant and a little bit less aggressive. I don't think you ever want to put that in Simple's head. I don't think you ever want to say to Simple, listen, you need to start stop doing simple things and start doing team things. <coughs> Fuck that, Na'Vi, man. The only reason you're even talked about in world-class Counter-Strike is because of him. Take him out of the team. Put your money where your fucking mouth is. Get Dozier. Get somebody else in. And let's see how well you fall. He has tended to come back fairly quick. I will say about do it a tournament. Banged out loud. There he is. <laughs> Banged out loud. Banged out loud. Banged out loud. <laughs> I will say, if you look up Zeus's stats for these events, it was absolute shit, but kind of shit I'm used to at this point in time, isn't it? Right. So anyway, the the, 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 point, the, the point still stands that um, basically Na'Vi's win condition against top-tier opposition is for simple to go thermonuclear. And I think if that is your win condition, then you're not really a team. You're not really a team. It's basically like, you know, simple and four, four fucking randos <coughs> at that point. And it's just... Sure, oh, he can course. do it. He can he can carry you through a game, but um, they need to, they need to get better. Like more and more of that team have to take personal responsibility for stepping up. And sure. Until until they do, I think they're not going to win as many uh, trophies as they probably should have had by now. Keep in mind they were the defending champions at the C the ESL Cologne as well because of that ridiculous run that they had. And, um, you know, once they got deep playing terribly, I kind of felt like, oh, well, they might make it all the way to the final, could even win the whole fucking thing again. But uh, but it didn't happen. No, uh, the problem I have with this one is, like, mm. that whole angle that some people take, you might have seen I even had a fan logic where I just did it because it was fucking hilarious, is there's always someone who their their logic goes like this. 
maybe simple trying to get all those frags is is the problem. Maybe he should uh, yeah, have played on that argument. Which I've is literally like argument. saying, like, why well, did Messi score those seven goals? Maybe if he scored three and then perfectly set up again, like, shut the fuck up. Like, what do you want about? Like, if you ever see a team like that, right? I've always said this. Why do people act as though it's an everyday thing for someone to play on a bad team, play like a god and carry them? It isn't. It's the rarest thing in our entire game. Yeah. You don't see it at lands. Yes, you might see some motherfucker like Zantares do it on the internet every now and then against tier two opposition. Yes, Jim might do it when he's playing online games or tier two opposition. But to do it at the level these guys are doing, like in the quarters, the semis of a massive tournament, playing the other best teams in the world. It's like unthinkable. So at that point in time, I find it hard to critique a player like that too much because even if I actually see him observably playing selfishly, what fuck else do you want? Like, I, it's like Kobe Bryant used to have a brilliant answer when people used to say he was too greedy with the ball. He'd yeah. say, what? So I'm supposed to pass to a guy I know is going to miss the shot twice <laughs> as often, pray yeah. he makes it, and then when he doesn't, it's still my fault anyway because remember, by that logic, whether you win the yeah, game... Yeah, he's the star judge. player. Like yeah. In that scenario, if my only situation to win that I know I can rely on is me making that motherfucking shot, I'll just take the shot myself and live and die with the with the results. Like I get that mentality because, again, simple isn't the GM and Navi. He can't decide who goes and who stays. He can't say, guess what, Zeus? It's probably your fault you had a fucking unbelievably shit tournament at this one. So I, I can't go with that one. On the other side of the equation... I do see some positive signs here. Not all in the server, though. Like, yeah, Boomich having that nice last map of the tournament was certainly a little highlight on the way out the door. But yeah, I'll say this. Yeah. Uh, one thing in an interview that I saw that they did with Simple for HLTV.org that was a very promising sign was, because I was thinking the same thing a lot of people were. Why why Boomich? Like, if I'd have made a little short list, he wouldn't be top of my list here. Because he would just like, yeah, but I'll finish the point. Basically, in this interview, <clears throat> Simple said it was actually Five. Blade who, if you remember, Blade's been picked as like the, I can't think his name is something like, you know, director of something. He's not technically as the coach because they still have to lie to us and everyone that Kane actually does that job as opposed to be paid to stand behind Zeus and say as little as possible because otherwise how the fuck could you ever tend, like stand someone like that being around you who doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about? As far as I can tell, it's the way they operate. So Blade is the whatever, director of esports or whatever the fuck. But he said in the interview that basically he had scouted like three options for them for the team and that Boomerch was one of them. He'd watched loads that he watched a hundred hours of demos of to see that he was someone who could fit the role. And supposedly the idea was he was going to be able to do the things that Edward already did and then things that he couldn't, like be more aggressive as an entry player or whatever. Now, again, I don't know how much I saw at this one event. It's the first ever land we've seen them play with the guy. But that's actually a promising sign because I at least like the concept. Someone is properly scouting opponent and other players, that someone's trying to figure out what Na'Vi needs, what can you add. Like, There's a lot of positives in that, whether this move ends up being the right one or not, and who knows yet. Mm. Um, yeah, so I actually, I actually heard all of that, even though I, I, oh, I apparently this guy does that sometimes. Out. By the way, sometimes we yeah, like the, the audio is coming through, but yeah. like fair enough. Uh, then. Yeah, but it. but no, I I, I, I totally agree with that, and um, you know, it's it's we keep talking about when Zeus is going to go and when things are going to change. Like I, I don't know, I think Navi are going to look back at this period where it's like you've had the best player. Like I don't think Simple is going to be like able to sustain this form uh in 2020 i don't know if anyone can it's no we've, ne we've, ne we've never seen a player do that before cold zero was the first to go back to back crazy style um so we'll we'll, we'll wait and see but uh, I, I think i think navi have let a lot of trophies go 
um, by sort of a stubbornness, you know, the length of time they stuck with Edward, and now they're trying to groom Boomage to be a fucking replacement for Zeus <coughs> for some reason. I, I don't understand it, but whatever. Uh, anyway, a little bit about NIP. Um, I, I, I thought they punched above their weight at this tournament. Uh, some, some observations I had uh, were uh, Rez played really, really well. Um, continues to be the best thing about the NIP team, uh, you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, only because long term, obviously, he's younger. You expect him to do a bit more, and, and you know, Forrest is, is eventually going to come at the end of his career, even though he's still playing incredibly well. Um, Get Right had a little bit of a step up. Really weird. Like, out of nowhere, he actually had um, some very good statistical performances that were, like, way above where he'd been, uh, you know, at, at the level he's been at, which is why we've all been talking about him retiring. Um, By the way, can we just address that? Because Yeah, no, I, I, I was going to. I know exactly what you're going to say. This is a show that's about being real, right? Yeah, Not I know just you're selling say. everyone a line of shit. So here, yeah. I'm going to say it because I'm the only one who fucking can say it, but this is the only place we can discuss this real topic. Here's the topic. Yeah. One, he is not dead. He is still alive. He is fully the same person. He will probably, as you saw, even play professional Counter-Strike. Or maybe he'll transfer yeah, to another team. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe yeah. he'll still be a nip. Secondly, right? Even though I do agree when it's a truly legendary player like that, even I get a little bit like sentimental and I start yeah, thinking sure, yeah. things we all do, but why can't they play longer? Isn't it a shame people get worse and they can't stay great players like they would in sports for 10 years? Yeah, I think the same things. But the problem is this. Pick the timing, will you? It wasn't his last game. It wasn't his last tournament. Like, people did it. Like, you only do that when it's definitely going to happen. This just yeah. happened to me, actually, in tennis, right? What happened was Andy Murray had a press conference last year. where he Yeah, had to I saw where he broke down because of the injury. He had to tear, oh, it was the yeah. beginning of this year. He had to tearfully yeah. admit that because of his injury, he didn't think he would be able to continue much as a pro, and he might have to retire. But because he was... Because he thought, well, I might have to retire. He thought, fuck it, I'll just get this surgery that everyone's getting on their hip at the moment. He got it, and basically, he found out, actually, you know what? Fuck, this isn't the end. I can still move a bit. There's actually, maybe I can give it a go. And he's back already. So the problem with that is, it's like if you give someone some massive, like, a eulogy and some great parting moment, and everyone cries, and it's, you still live out, And then they go, you know what? Actually... Maybe we'll just keep going. It's like, well, what was all that yeah. for then? Like, what was all the outpouring? Are we just going to do this all again in six months? Are we going to rewind the clock totally, bring out a fucking birthday cake, relight all the candles and just go, happy birthday? Like, no. We just did it all, guys. Yeah, listen, this is what, this is what I, I mean. This isn't Get Right's fault. No, um, no, no. Other because obviously, yeah, because, you know, Chris is obviously saying, like, guys, like, you know, I'm coming, I'm winding down, you know, I'm getting old. Um, I'm coming to the end of my time in NIP, probably. You know, we're looking at new options. We're looking at new ideas. And, yeah, probably going to be retiring, um, you know, from this team, maybe maybe from playing at all. He's done what, he's done what he has to do, which is he is managing the, his, the expectations of his fans, of NIP fans, staying in line with what NIP want to be public information. Like, get right to doing everything nailed on. Absolutely. What, what 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 happens is unfortunately tournaments become so desperate for iconic moments and viral moments and storylines that what they do is they push things like you say when the timing's off like don't get me wrong it's a great moment to see uh chris get emotional talking about his career saying i'm not going to retire i'm still going to stay around that's good new information and also all that. might literally be the last stage match sure you can do that angle yeah, yeah for all i know yeah, sure sure but then you've got the um you've got the problem you know like you say i mean you know the, 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 you might be playing at the major makes that anticlimactic now we've shot our load on it haven't we yeah exactly and 
and I, you know, ESL, it's ESL who've done that. It's ESL who've done that, honestly. It's like ESL in their sort of desire to get those moments, you know, like, yeah, like we talked about it before where Carmack gave that fucking speech and stuff. And it's like, listen, we, we, we're, we're out here singing your motherfucking praises. Like, we think it's a, what you're doing is great. We think ESL won Cologne is a jewel in the crown. Duncan's on fucking stage holding up a sign saying this should be a major, change my fucking mind and all this stuff. Chance for you guys to get some sort of between the conversation, but very intimate, like kind of a bit playful, the formula, you know, you never quite know if we're going to actually have a conversation or if it's going to get completely broken up. <laughs> and also there's less people available to be on the short ones, but as a result, you get more of an intimate one-on-one -on -one with me. I'm talking to the camera. I'm addressing you directly. You're all part of the blast red zone behind the scenes access. Couldn't fit enough seats within the actual staged arena section of the show. Thank you all for paying your premium <laughs> ticket for that, which is uh, whatever the normal ticket price should be times four. And uh, how do we eventually make money off this? Uh, why, why was that at the bottom of the receipt? Anyway, he's back. He's back. Yeah, he's back. I'm back. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah. So all what all I was saying there about get the the get right situation is, you know, like this this eagerness to have this fucking uh, moment uh, basically sort of like ruins the reality of the storyline, which is when when he does go, it is going to be fucking sad, and uh let, let's do it at the right time let's give him a proper send-off because now we've had the subreddit flooded with um front pages uh you know of clips and moments and anecdotes and i nearly got sucked into it i was gonna sit down and write up a thing and then i was like wait he's not retiring i'm seeing him at the next fucking event what am i doing i stopped yeah. it um so i thought that was ridiculous but here's the thing i did want to talk about because i think this is important uh plopsky was the young player that they brought in Definitely looks like he needs a little bit longer, because um, I don't think he had a great tournament, uh, and he didn't. He didn't impress me. Um, so, what are you guys making up? <laughs> I'll I'll tell you something you might appreciate. What's up? This is an example of something from the green room that technically wasn't said like in a public setting, but I just don't think he the person would care or be a, like just a classic <laughs> oh, example oh, of guy right, tall. This is called Get the button ready. social alignment, right? Yeah. So this is the sort of thing I will do. We were sat there and when they showed Nip playing and we were watching it all on the TV in the green room. Right, you know when they show the like the profile picture of them that they've taken in like a professional setup of just the headshot, you know, to show like who's on the teams. I turn to the others and just go, "That Plopsky's a bit weird looking, isn't he?" And then Henry goes, "I've always thought he looked like me." And I just went, <laughs> "Fair enough." <laughs> get fair fucking enough right. Henry. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, get fair fucking right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Henry's, unco Henry's unconventionally good looking. Let's put it that exactly. way. Exactly. Um, but yeah, do you think um, do, do you think Plopsky's gonna blossom into the uh, pros into the talent that they hope he's gonna be? Obviously, good prospect in that sense. Obviously, it's too early to judge him just on this. But he was really he was really off the pace. Oh, he was. Here's the thing: he's under constrained circumstances. They themselves have even admitted this isn't the final mm. lineup. We're testing stuff out as we as they say with the yeah, whole get sure, right thing. Sure, sure. Is he isn't he gonna retire? We don't really know. They've used that phrase transitioning out or whatever. Like who knows what the fuck that could be? Six months? That could be one month? You know? You don't mm, know. They yeah. they're trying to purpose leave it vague guys so that if he suddenly picks up his form they can say oh no that is more of a long-term process <laughs> where we will just bring that you know they're trying to change shit on the fly to make it all sound good fucking other people in the nordics that seems to be all the trend at the moment so anyway uh yeah i thought popsky was shit at this tournament i thought he played pretty badly 
I thought even in terms of some of the moves he made, he made some bad mistakes. I will say it's very, very trying circumstances to be put in a team like that. You're basically on trial. You're trying to sort of play for a spot that you already have, but at the same time, they're not fully committing to giving you it. Again, you say that you're supposed to be the future of the game, etc. I don't know if he had the role for that. I'd have to really sit down and look at it because I think it's probably a tough one in that sense. So mm. I, I didn't see it as a good move thus far. But then again, Nip has way more problems than just him. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, like I say, it, it's a very weird open-ended situation to put themselves in. I don't know why they've done it that way. I don't know why, you know, but um, like you say, Plopsky, um, people are unsure. He's unsure about what's going on. Um, get right. Everyone's unsure about what's going on. Uh, and then, of course, the question remains, well, if get right does go and you keep Plopsky on, how do we, um, you know, who, who else are we getting in the team? And then wasn't right? it already uh, like leaked that Golden would play at the major or something for them? Yeah, well, that's already happening, but that's not a long-term thing, is it? I mean, at this point in time, who the fuck knows anymore, right? Everyone's just like, oh, I'm making this very questionable move, but don't worry. You know, listen. Why are you doing it then? You know, you know who I think, uh, really, they should fucking, as soon as he's ready to come back, go get Flusher. Not a bad move at this point in time? No, I'm telling you, 100% that would, that would fucking boost this team in a way that Plopsky ain't gonna, that, that, you know, if Plopsky sticks around, it does become good. Yeah. To, to resolve any possible weirdness in the team, you bring him mm. in, you say, sit down, please, Flusher. Someone in the team, maybe Peter, walks over, they quietly lock the door, they bolt it, and they just sit him down and they just all say, listen, we're going to ask you this one time, one time only, just give us an answer, please. Please be thorough about it. And after that, we'll agree never to speak about this ever again. You were definitely cheating in 2014. And then whatever he says at that point in time, you look him dead in his motherfucking eyes. His crazy hillbilly eyes that on the one hand just confuse me that this intelligence lurks within there, this spark of, of the divine that somehow expresses itself through what looks like cheating at times, but sometimes it's probably legit. You also did some good shit online. And then you, you decide, you go with your gut feeling. Was he telling the truth? If you tell him the truth and you really believe he did cheat and get away with it, but what a fucking G. That's a hell of a story right there, isn't it? <laughs> then you just let him in the team. If, on the other hand, you think he's lying about being legit and that his hand just used to, like, crank over halfway, split, touch the right-left control key or something, and then that would make it <laughs> fucking hit across there, go on their head and just kill him. Like, if you believe that, then more power to you. That's all I'm saying. So it's, it's, it's a very simple experiment to run. I mean, I always, I always thought that because there was that clip, wasn't there, where people, uh, people took a Freiburg clip out of context, and it was when Freiburg was talking in that documentary, going, uh, "There's this Swedish player, and we all call him Armstrong." Yes, you know, I, yeah, after yeah. Lance Armstrong, and a lot of people thought he was, and he said, "I'll never play in a team with him," um, and people thought it was Flusher, uh, but it wasn't. It was Schneider, right? He was talking right, there you about. Go. There you go. I think so. I could be right. Yeah, what was that? I think you could be right. I'll just keep saying that until he's back and you can cut on that. I think <laughs> you could be right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks for admitting it. So, Flusher just wanted to create, he wanted to get rid of the boundaries in the game, the walls that divide us. Oh, yeah, and he wanted to, he wanted to get the fans. So, he wanted to see what the fans can see. They can see an extra vision all the time. He wanted to see that so he could create a better onshore experience for them. So, the new blast production zone tickets will give you a headset and you will actually talk to the cameraman on the stage and you will call the shots that you want to see because there's only going to be you on his mouth, and, and it costs about 
it does cost $400,000, that <laughs> ticket, and you must be from the United Arab Emirates. But if you can do that, then you too can go to Blast LA. I'm looking forward to it. Right, listen, uh, right, this is getting silly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to restart. I'm going to restart the router. Go Just refresh yeah. things. Yeah, I'm going to re- restart the router. So, yeah, yeah, play some songs, have a break. Right, go, listen, you're no man. Okay, no, whatever refresh, you do. respawn, relocate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, I'll, see, I'll see shortly. you in a bit. Yeah. All right. Let's see if uh, it holds up this time. If not, I mean, we'll just try and push through because we're over an hour in. So it'd be silly to stop the show and uh, try and do it at another time. We'll just let Thorin fill, I guess. Um, Lucky we so got yeah, a lot uh, of Patreon questions this uh, week. Yeah. We um, so if any rate. If yeah, if for any reason, yeah, I at least they're fucking doing something finally. What do you know? Uh, so if uh, if if for any reason I do duck out, uh, we'll we'll just let Duncan run. run <coughs> uh, anyway, uh, okay. Other uh, storylines that are worth talking about, I think. Uh, let's uh, get into the um, phase stuff. Uh, phase obviously got knocked out uh, of, of the tournament pretty early on. Um, you know, ninth to twelfth, not great. Completing um, that fucking storyline though, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and look, I, I I've got to say it. I think if you look at the statistics overall, I think Neo is the worst performer. By the way, uh, this is an example of why I co- I find it so egregious that Nico would choose that moment to try and mm. clap back at me criticizing his team or his teammates. Is you literally took a bunch of fucking greatest of all time candidates and mm. just lost to what a year ago would have been an FPL mixed team that would be randomly assigned by the system. That's what yep. you just did. So the idea that like you can't even after that game just be like, you know what, Carrigan, I'll give it up to you this time, mate. You are a motherfucking legend. And mm. even though maybe I, we couldn't have played together any longer, I appreciate that you did bring a lot to the team that maybe I didn't know. None of that, of course. No sort of, you know, fucking grace or kind of like an, un- an understanding of PR even, that you can win a few fans over, you know? No, of like, course not, no. Completely just denial of the entire problem into immediately trying to make a roster move, even though there never was a problem. And we thank you for your service, Neil. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, yeah, he was actually the worst performing player. So the bottom five players... I think he's the worst rated in the whole tournament, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the bottom <laughs> five players, right? So uh, fifth from bottom is someone from MVP, PK, HSK. Then it was Vinny from Fury. That's quite telling in and of itself. And then, really, we're going to get to the holy trinity of people we talk about on this show for a variety of reasons. Then it was Exist, Dennis, and and Neo. Um, so Neo was below Dennis from Big. Like, uh, it's just like, come on, dog. Like, I, you know, listen. I said this. I love the guy. I I think there's a place for him always in the sport. But. Playing for phase, like put it this way, he can still go to tier two tournaments with any team and and sure. bang people out and wreck them. You can't come, you get found out at ESL one Cologne. You know, you get oh. you're gonna get found out. You're gonna get found out because um, the cal- the caliber's too good, the field's too good. Like, so... what did people expect? This really was like a major. What you thought phase was going to be the playoffs? Doing what? Against who? Beating who? Like, look how many teams there are. Even if they'd have won that game against Mousepot, they'd have to beat Na'Vi in a best of three. Like, say yeah. what you like about Na'Vi, they're going to take care of fucking FaZe Clan right now. Let's be real. So, yeah, they're delusional if they thought this team was really going somewhere well, along with them. It was one last roll of the dice is what it was. And, they, yeah, and by the way, sure. if, they, if they now end up looking out and getting fucking cold zero to join their team, 
I hope they don't imagine they like mentally changed and learned things. What they no, they just added cold zero. Like what a mad lifeline that'll be if it ends up coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just don't see, um, realistically, like how anybody can think that the current phase lineup with its performances is like actually a decent team. I mean, in terms of the rankings, they're sixth. That's artificially high. They were one they... of the few teams that I do think benefited from the others being missing from the tournament because they still went to them all, mate. So they would still oh, like the playoffs sure. at them all, you know, and then somehow eke out a ranking slot, like you say, just by default, basically. Like, FaZe <clears> is no way the sixth best team in the world when you consider that Na'Vi are ranked seventh. There's no fucking way. Fury are ranked eighth. Mouse Sports are ranked tenth. Well, Mouse Sports have beat them fucking twice now. So, I mean, you know, I would back Mouse Sports over FaZe and, Absolutely. you know, eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten. Um, and it ain't so... just Neo either. Some of the other players in that team are completely out of form as well. They look like a mess of a squad. They're like kind of in the MIBR position fully. It's funny that Cold Zero wants to go out of the fucking frying pan into the fire in that sense. They're sure, both in the, and the elephant, the elephant in the room is that, you know, okay, if Neo is the in-game leader, sure, we give him a pass. The elephant in the room is Olaf. He's oh, been fucking course. shit. He's been, he's been such a shadow of the player that we know he is and we know he yeah. can be. And people always... Tunneling on Rain, I don't understand it. People are like saying, "Oh, it's Rain. Rain is still one of their statistically better performers." Like if he, if he's in the middle of the pack, you can't say drop fucking <clears throat> Rain. You can't say that. I, I, I would. I think here's the problem because Olaf did reinvent himself to come into phase where everyone was saying he wasn't set up with the resources and he was the one helping the others create all the game. Blah blah blah. Because basically, that's the ultimate social validation from pros. All the other pros are going, no, but he plays a role, and you know, mm, whatever you can't see, maybe that's the secret shit he's doing. That's great. It just means that he's he's now ascended to the status. Congratulations, Olaf. Apparently, winning two majors wasn't enough, but you have now finally become CSGO royalty. And as long as you don't literally feed the game every fucking round, it will be someone else who will get blamed in your team. And if that, if you can sleep at night knowing you're one of the worst players in your team and that you're not doing your job, but not get the blame, well, you can have you can have an, a nice life off that. Personally, that would degrade my respect a level a little bit. I'd hope someone who's a legendary player would at least kind of know when the writing's on the wall that like, yeah, I'm kind of not helping things in this team, you know. There's there's a there's a guy in the chat right now saying, Oh, I agree, rain shouldn't be dropped, but um hell he has a zero point nine seven rating on HLTV. You do realize that RPK, who everyone was saying had a fucking renaissance, right, had like zero point nine three. Right? So what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, right. Rain is right. Olaf, by the way, is worse than that. He's zero point seven something or zero point eight something for this fucking tournament. So if if and Neo was the absolute worst player by some distance, he's not even close to Dennis on stats. That's fucking shocking. So if you're gonna pick on Rain, I don't think you understand what the problems are in this team. And the problems are, remember, Rain was the guy that was never meant to be in this team, and then he turned into the bedrock of the team. He was the guy who would do everything for everybody else while also putting in solid performances. He could clutch out, he could frag out. Back at a time when Olaf was having fucking personal problems. And we were having abstandings like Croman, you know, where the fuck's that motherfucker at right now? And they were winning tournaments with them and they were doing that because of fucking rain. He was always the key. Sure, Guardian's the guy that will fucking turn up and roll back the years with an orb. He ain't going to be doing that much longer, guys, by the way. Hate to break it to you. Guardian's winding down the clock, right? FaZe totally missed their fucking window. And if you ever fucking put that on rain, fuck you. You know nothing about this game. There's no way. Like, I admit he's had a drop-off in form. Did you? If you were expecting rain 
to be the motherfucker that was carrying FaZe with that all-star lineup. What, what fucking planet were you living in? Like, straight fucking smoking DMT every fucking oh, day ridiculous. for breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, Guardian Guardian did did well at the CSL 1 clone, <coughs> but, like, what I'm talking about is, remember the Guardian that would win you motherfucking games? That Guardian would just rock up, drop fucking 40, unbelievable, you know, with th 3Ks every fucking round, his bomb site completely fucking locked down, going head-to-head, dueling with Orpus. He doesn't do that anymore. Now he's just really solid, really consistent. You wouldn't there take the, Guardian the, over Kenny S right now. You wouldn't take Guardian over Zewu yeah. right now. You know, you wouldn't take him over Simple, obviously, right now. He's not so he's not even so a top three opener in the world. Think about earlier in the show when we were talking about how people maybe tunneled too much on a bad round, a bad game. Overall, not as great tournament from Simple. There's the difference between Guardian and top players right now. For the top players, we discuss, are they actually losing top player status due to not having a specific good game that we demand they play well in happen? Fifth yeah. Year Guardian or Olaf or a bunch of players who are legacy names, some of the MIBR guys, it's the other way around. You let all, everyone criticizes you correctly because you do badly. And then if you're the fanboy, you're you're desperate for that one good game they have. And you go, no, no, look at this, breaking news. <laughs> Guardian yeah. has good game, drops 20 kills in a match, read more at 11. It's like, you wouldn't need to say that if it was like, he was a top player, would he? would be doing that all yeah. the game long. Look at these motherfuckers, like that graphic we'll talk about later, I've no doubt with Zewu, where he's just yeah. like, he's like, I am a literal god. And then every other rating is like, they don't even have a number there, it just says fucking peon next to every other player on his team, and he's in the final. Like, the Guardian's yeah. not doing any of that shit. Yeah, and listen, it's not that Guardian is bad. No one is saying that. He's still a fucking legend. He's still really solid. He's still a top five opera in the world. That's really good. But what you have to understand is that when this phase team first came together, Guardian was the god tier version of himself. Still, Nico was the god tier version of himself. Olaf was playing well. Rain was punching above expectations. They had they they missed their window. They they completely fucked it. This this phase now, it's made up with players that are like. You know, it's like the detective cliche. They're like two days from retirement and they're fucking shadows of themselves. Rain's the only one I would say. Well, obviously Nico. <coughs> but but on this roster, Rain and Nico are the only ones you feel that will ever get back to where they were, like their peak. And oh, can, by can, the way. And maybe even a little bit further than that. They've also, because they're in phase, hit that beautiful spot that must be a fucking nightmare of your management, which is, I call it the Virtus Pro Zone which is where I'm never going to actually tell you I'm going to retire because why the fuck would I retire when I'm on this salary? But at the same time, if I actually don't uh, like hint that I'm going to retire, you'll just cut me now. So I'll just keep playing. Like, basically what Zeus has been doing, what a bunch of the Vertus Pro guys did for at least a year, you just fuck with that perception management yeah. as long as you can because every month you get away with it, the money still turns up in your account. That's still real money you can cash out and buy something within the real world. So why wouldn't you? Like, if you're Olofmeister, I don't know where he's at. Maybe his head's not in the game at the moment. Maybe this isn't the right team for him. But you know what? He's still going to do his best to hang another round another three months, another six months, get that paycheck, still have the odd game where you believe that you could, it's all fine, even though it clearly isn't. And this, as you say, the worst part is this entire project, its window has been and gone. It's yep. gone. Like, now is the time to just say, start again. And if you're going to start fresh, you're not going to start fresh with a bunch of really old pasta sell-by-date ingredients. No, but I'll add this. I'll add this. If the Cold Zero move does go ahead, I think it gives them a shot in the arm and it boosts their talent up. And you get a little bit, like, 
old phase in that they could just bang people out. They don't need no tactics. I couldn't even just, believe just having yeah. Nico and Cold Zero. Like, you look what Simple Electronic can do sometimes in Navi. You could still have a fucking some great games off that, of course. Yeah, yeah. It won't be enough to make number one, though, that's for sure. Yeah. And and it's like I say, I'm not saying Guardians. <coughs> There's people in the chat that don't understand English, so I'll, I'll I'll say it again, right? I'm not saying he's bad. He's still very good. He might even have been the best player this tournament. Who fucking knows? I uh, don't have the numbers in front of me. He played well. He played solid. But when you have been a fucking literal god, any when you when you come back and you're just a demigod, it, it, it's not enough. That's that's the point. You've seen it so many times with like legendary players across all sports. You know, it's like Alan Shearer after he ruptured his cruciate ligament. He's still fucking Shearer. He's still gonna bang bang in goals for you, but he couldn't outpace <coughs> a, a defender anymore. So he had to do it all through clever positioning and just you know, god tier fucking precision. He's still a god, but he's just not what he was. And that's just the reality. If anyone wants to fucking make the argument that Guardian's still as good as he was a year ago. I'd love to fucking see the data. There's a challenge for you all. Do it. Um, anyway, uh, Astralis. Um, I, I think we fucking called this one, mate. Mate, I, like, listen, I understand we, we, we throw out bold predictions and sometimes they are Hail Marys and they come from nowhere and, you know, they're not really backed up or whatever. Uh, you know, they're just gut feelings, you know, in, intuition. There's one thing that is this fucking true as just anything in this business. And that is that once you are in the sweet spot, once you are the number one team, once you have that equilibrium, remember every day at the top is the day everyone's watching your demos, trying to play like you, trying to be you, trying to beat you, right? It's hard to lead from the front. And if you ever take your foot off the gas in Counter-Strike, you never get back out there. You, you get overtook and you're just doing laps. I would tell good. everyone out there, listen, I don't know how, how long each average fan watching this show has been watching, but I'll imagine we could probably have more of the hardcore fans who've been around, you know, four or five years. So just mm. cast your mind back four or five years. Think of each dominant team, pick them at the period they were at their most dominant, then get where the dominance ended, flash forwards six months, a year, a year and a half. Are they ever number one team again? It's almost never happened. Like SK no. did it briefly. Mm. Maybe some of those teams, I don't like a month that was bad, but you don't like go right down and then come back up together. Like the only angle that even gives Astralis the potential to do it is they kind of chose to go down a level, which is not normally whatever anyone does. They normally just go down because the actual form's worse. Someone figures them out. But even then, like the idea that they, they, they can't out of choice just become the greatest team no. again. That's not, that's not necessarily on the cards. Sadly. And, and 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 let's look at the the run to the <coughs> tournament and the performances they had. Like again, I thought they had a very uh, yeah, the easy run. Path of all fucking yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Like uh, they, they had so an easy run. and dense messed up the best of ones. Yeah, they had a clear bracket in the playoffs. Yeah, and you know, so they they <laughs> they, they got to play Fnatic. Well, they're gonna beat them. They got to play NIP. Well, they're gonna beat them. Um, you know, and and then the first the first real tests come say, come when Vitality comes to town. Now the reality is there is no way uh the, the that well there's definitely no way the old Astralis would have lost here. But let's talk no, I think about they would have won this match. Oh, easily. Let's talk about Blastralis. I still think Blastralis should be taking the likes of Vitality down if they're legit. If if there aren't any of the problems that we all talked about. Sure. This series, they got battered. They could have been 
Absolutely. They could have been, they they been the Inferno game as well. Yeah. Coming back they, in that game. They could have been 2 0 And what's fucking crazy here is go look at the numbers, right? You've got right, let's just do it roll like roll for roll, you know? You've got Alex, who who fucking knew that all you had to do to fix French Counter-Strike was get a fucking Brit an English in-game leader. Who the fuck knew that was the solution? Compare him and tell shocks and MBK. Could you two just fuck off trying that? You've done that about four times. Can someone else be yeah. the leader? Yeah. And also, it's got to be said, right? <coughs> just right from the get go, Astralis are shook as fuck with their map pool. They took Nuke out. There you go. Enough said. They are fucking shook. And here's the thing. They don't, they, they they don't believe in themselves. An interesting detail is this when the guys from Team Liquid almost lost to Navi. They gave it up. They even basically said, yeah. you know what? Yeah, we had some bad games in this tournament. We had some moments against NRG that were tough. They win all these games, by the way. All these are wins. They're yeah. downplaying wins that they have against ranked opponents. Yeah. Astralis is trying to explain to you how what your lying eyes have told you is wrong. And actually, mm -hmm. like, their losses are better than they should be expected to. I can tell you already, Rich, you, you'd love this because as an old school guy, you'd appreciate this. The reason why I'm, I'm out here at some of these events body in some of these new school analysts is because they're all getting tricked by scrim bucks me and monty call oh, them scrim bucks so, overwatch yeah, right because yeah, so anytime dumb. you buy the hype and it's like they haven't shown you it in the server but in scrims they're amazing and they're always beating these i always tell people i ignore that entirely i just i don't take it into account or go against i just ignore it and i only look at what i see in the server so to people like pimp and i, I think pimp's a guy who knows the game but to him he's hearing all that hype and he's thinking right so next match i should expect an even better performance and maybe even the bests yet to come and it's like no no i have to see it before i believe that pimp like when i see it i'll be with you on that one but as long as I keep seeing just okay performances, and if you actually go back in the tournament against Nip, they were actually underwhelmingly bad. Like, they won the series in not particularly convincing fashion, a match everyone thought was a gimme. So I have to say, I look at the Astralis the last few months. I told people this. Forget the games they lost. Go look at their wins. Their best wins are like Nip and Fnatic, mate. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. To tell but, me they're in elite uh, team, so that's why I was loving my little prediction before the tournament. The Vitality had outplaced them. They even did it out by directly playing them. Yeah, and, 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 you know, look, just on the point about scrims, scrims, are, 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 they're, they're a completely fucking separate world. Because people don't try, right? Or they try out something new, or they don't want to try the real shit because they're worried they, they're going to play you next week. So you end up with this, it, you're doing it, 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 it's like one up from deathmatch, but it's one down from LAN. It's just in the middle. It's something that you have to do. But it's not it's not the be all and end all by any I mean the amount of tournaments and I've remember, gone into it doesn't have any psychological components. So for example, say you are a team like Astralis where there's a lot of expectations on you, and you know what yeah. this is a team you're supposed to like none of those factors are there in the scrim, are they? So I could believe they have the capability to be this amazing team, but they're not sure. doing it now. Yeah, but it's like <coughs> you know, how, how many times have I been told, like, oh fucking hell. This team's godlike in scrims. I don't think they've lost the Sometimes scrim mad ones, much. right? Yeah. Or sometimes you're about yeah, some shit team. You'll be like, wouldn't... what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you'll, you know, like people were saying Furia. Turned out there might have been some truth to that. But, you know, this was this was before they had their run right. at ECS and stuff like that. Like way back when, right? People were talking about that when we did the No Majors Club. Um, you know, but like literal crazy teams you wouldn't think. Like teams down in the fucking top 20. Like, you know. Polish teams and like fucking X Corn or whatever they're fucking called. I'm like, oh yeah, they just don't lose scrims. It's mental. Brilliant. Where they at land? Fucking nowhere. So, you, yeah, you can only judge it on the actual games from actual tournaments.
we'll just get back to the point, right? So roll for roll, you know, Alex compared to Glaive. Alex did a fucking number. This was a clinic, by the way, tactically. They fucking, not only are they so good on nuke vitality, that they got fucking Astralis shook, so they wouldn't even play a map that, you know, sure, they've only lost it, like, you know, if, if we take it over the last 50 times they've played it, they've only lost it a handful, but they are on a fucking streak right now, and they knew that Vitality could add to that. They got banged out on Dust2. Think about how many fucking times Astralis have been picking Dust2 and playing Dust2 and trying to make they Dust2 work for them. On that. Yeah, of course they did, because all the other teams were avoiding it. Now, listen, real talk. If you know anything about your history about French teams, just stay the fuck away from Dust2. Because even if they ain't picking it, or ain't playing it, or say they ain't good on it, they always are. It's just in their blood. It's like Irish people being able to handle their booze. I don't know why, but it's just something that's universally true. You'll never find a fucking Irish guy who can't put it away. He might even say, like, I don't even drink. And then it's like, yeah, I bet you can put this bottle of whiskey down and not even be tipsy, though. And they can do it, and they didn't even know. It's like that on Dust 2 for the French. They'll it's like that famous rock thing. up and bang you out. You know where they always show that video? Because obviously, it's. I mean, famously, it's even the cover of that Nirvana album, Nevermind where they say that when babies are born, if they're born and they're just in water, because they've come out of the womb where they obviously didn't use to breathe using yeah. their lungs, they can swim immediately. It's like if you get a little French kid who's <laughs> going to become a Counter-Strike player and chuck him on dust too, he just runs up, self-flashes himself out of short and starts trying to fucking one-tap some cunt at the end of like the goose <laughs> area. Yeah. Isn't he? Like, before he's even said sacre bleu, which apparently they don't say, so I'm going to keep pretending they do, just like calling Scottish people scotch. Yeah, good. They love that. Good on you. Um, but then, okay, so then then let's talk about, I mean, the discrepancy between the star players, like Ziwoo, uh, in this series compared to Device. Well, this was fucking day and night because this was like an old school Device going missing in a big game. He only had that one round on Inferno. He had that yeah. one sick or pace, and the rest of it, he was non-existent. He was choking like a motherfucker. Mm. He really did. He really, he really played poor. Uh, meanwhile... You know the fucking the, the the new god of fucking Counter Strike uh, was just unbelievable. Like the rounds he was clutching, you know it it was crazy. Then then okay, we'll talk about like you know compared Dupree to RPK. RPK outperformed fucking D Dupree in terms of rating, not in overall frags. I thought Dupree played pretty well overall. The idea pretty... they'd even be comparable though. Is I know, right? Said, right? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, this is the thing as well, like everyone was hyping up the renaissance of RPK. Uh, the, the, the reality is, sure, he looked he looked really, really good and he had some really good rounds, but this still wasn't like where he was at before he got the bout of pneumonia he had. Um, he just he just actually started to contribute. And then if you like, you know, look at like MBK and, and, and Zipnix, Zipnix was the best player in Astralis at the tournament. Yeah. Um, and, and NBK is kind of reinventing himself right now with this secondary orb shit he's pulling out. Um, so Astralis were not good at this event. They they got a bunch of layup soft games that they took advantage of against opponents that they should be able to beat in their fucking sleep. Did it clean, fair. But then this was the first real test and it wasn't even close. It should have I, I I go back and I think about that Inferno game um and how uh, Astralis were able to nick it in o o OT. Um and I think about some of the mistakes that the French made. <laughs> um, and, and some of the times they failed to lock down sites. Like, it should have been 2-0. It felt like a 2-0, and I think that was bore out by the fact that the two maps that Vitality did win weren't even close. So this 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 thing about, you know, Blastralis, you know, even Dupree in the interview when they got knocked out by Vitality had to say, we've not been the number one team in the world for months now. 
And if you look at it, well, might want to let that company that owns them know about that. Apparently, there's some cross signals there. You know, maybe they need to hire some different in the communications department. Mm. It was, it was, it was, it, 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 you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's like, guys, I get why you're having to do this, but you you've surrendered. You know, the idea, like, I think your tweet was very pertinent when you said, like, no one's ever come back to do, you know, the three in a row for the majors. Um. Maybe maybe they can do it, but I, I don't think they can. I, I think I think this is this is now a team that's gonna be solid, middle of the pack, <coughs> and then eventually it's gonna be the decline where you have to change one part, you know. You know, maybe maybe Dupree can't do it anymore or you you know, whatever like, it can is. Can we get some sort of more like fanatic all over again? On the people who made the excuses. Like, listen, what we'll do is we'll do like one of those you know, when like when there's the Northern Ireland troubles, they would have those amnesties, like if you just turn in the guns now, we'll just forget about it, take the guns away, and you know, we'll try and all have a better future, right? We'll do yeah. a moratorium like that. Here's the situation, right? All of you that stand for Blast and First Travis and kept arguing even before this tournament that you know Liquid wouldn't have won those tournaments if Astralis was there, even though Astralis was at two of this like fucking ones that they've won on this Grand Slam and could do dick all against them except one time play and lose. So mm -hmm. even ignoring all that, you made every excuse in the book. And what you did was it wasn't until it was completely by every metric undeniable they have failed utterly to come back as a top team that you said. Right, I guess I admit they're not the best then. It's like, no, what you need to review is not that tournament. It is the way you were thinking about Counter-Strike for the last three months. I always said this like this. The reason to me it was so obvious their era was gone is because an era is a length of time. So if you take a segment of that length of time, it must contain something that maintains the era. So think of this, right? If this last period hadn't have ended their era and this last period had been the beginning of their era, would they have an era? No! They wouldn't have had an era off winning a blast, failing two blasts, failing three other lands. No, that wouldn't have been the beginning of an era, would it? So why would that be the end of an era? Like it would, the era ended at the beginning of that period of time. I know yeah. I was probably a little bit ahead of the curve, but I can't believe yeah. there were some people were still lagging behind to now, to where at this tournament they were asking Team Liquid players, "Are you the number one team in the world?" I'd be going, "Who the fuck else could be?" That's what I'd say if they asked me that. Well, let's, let's just break <coughs> it down. You know what, the, Miami. They uh, they were fifth. Uh, pro the the pro league season finals fifth to sixth beat by Liquid. Cologne gone out in the semis. I think I missed something out there. Was that Madrid was second? Yes. So where in that is a fucking continuation of an era <laughs> when you think about you know where they were at, at the start of the year and coming out of 2018 it's, and as it's I said, over it's fucking done yeah, and last in ECS last in ECS yeah there you go there's five so that's five tournaments that they have failed to win and not just only failed to win but have basically crashed out when they paid opposition go look at the uh, uh, the best of threes that they're losing I think the last four or five um, best of threes they've lost They've all come against different teams. They've it's lost to, to Furia. They've lost yeah, to Furia, Liquid. Ents, Liquid, Ents. Vitality. I think NRG as well at EPL. Right. I've noticed these teams they're losing to are good teams. Hence why Astralis loses consistently to them. The teams Astralis beats, not good teams. Hence why Astralis beats them. Like It's not hard to yeah. figure out at this point, is it? Yeah, but like it's not. right When Team Liquid, right, and this is why when we talk about Team Liquid, we'll get into whether or not this is an era. Uh, it is. Spoiler. Um, the, the, the team liquid were losing to Astralis <laughs> when team liquid was second, 
at all those tournaments, it was pretty much Astralis. Couple of anomalies, like when they lost uh, the Summit to uh, Vitality recently. But generally, it was Astralis who were wrecking them, right? So you say, well, it just sucks, doesn't it? Exactly. It's like, you know, it's like playing in the fucking Federer era in tennis. You being number two and having to go up against him every final must have fucking been super depressing because you're like, this cunt didn't exist. The world yeah, would be mine. The world would be mine. That's how Team Liquid felt when Astralis were on top. Astralis aren't running into a nemesis. No. They're not. They're, Liquid aren't doing a run back, and it's Astralis and Liquid in every final to create this epic, titanic fucking rivalry like which we've never seen. No, you're just losing to everyone who's actually vaguely talented now. It's over. It's done. I don't I, I I made the joke. That's why I said the crazy thing is they literally are just a gatekeeper right now. Yeah. If you can beat them, you might be an event winner. They're not winning the event though. That's yet to be proven whatsoever. You know, I I made the joke on Twitter. I said somewhere after they got knocked out, I said somewhere right now, an Astralis fan is typing up why they're still number one. And uh, unironically, I got linked to a load of them. And an Astralis fan saying, well, if they go and defend the major, they're still the number one. Fucking, is this real? Is this real? Like, that's why I always What's know, it going to take? That's why I always know the haters that say it. No one ever said that are the stupidest people in the world. Like, they either oh, themselves are actively being, like, liars or they're just so dumb that they just comment on things they've never read because it's all over the place. You can't, you can't miss it, put it that way. There'll always be someone when, when, when Cloud9 won the major, they weren't the best team in the world by any fucking oh, by the metric. Way, don't worry, Rich. A hundred percent of the people who messaged me trying to defend right up until this loss, and sometimes even after that, Astralis is still the best, either have a Danish name or an Astralis logo as their Twitter profile picture. One <laughs> of the two. Like, even if it's yeah. not an Astralis picture, their name is like, you know, fucking Mads... Lambic is like, yeah, no shit you think is Charles is still the best motherfucker. And do you think mom's cooking's the best as well? Is it your daft little cunt? No. Tell you what, let me in there with some fucking salt and pepper. I'll see what I'll do with you. My mum's cooking was never that. Stop my eating fucking sausages and being shit Germans, you cunts. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, so let's talk about vitality. Like, um... Listen, I don't want to get carried away with this team. So let's just talk a little bit about history. Um, obviously, me and you were banged on Vitality back when... By the way, people are calling me out for saying it's Zewoo. Is it actually Zywoo? As why usual, is, what, why the people who are getting Zywoo? mad about this aren't getting mad about something that's been definitely established. I've heard it said a bunch of different ways, even by French people, mate. So on this one, I'd just go whatever you want. And again, I will reference that there's plenty of names that we all just choose not to say correctly anyway. Like, for example, Zipnix. Zipnix Another one yeah. would obviously be Ethan. I'm not calling him Nate. Have you ever called him that? No. So we all call him whatever the fuck the, we the want. The thing is, it doesn't make sense because I thought generally in, in uh, French... They say like Z in that yeah, way. Z, yeah, like, yeah, Z. Because Z is the, the Y's and E. That's why yeah. I always recall the Americans. So I don't give a fuck. Man. I'm calling Z-Woo anyway. I'll, I'll just alternate and then 50% of the time I'm go. right. <laughs> just like making <laughs> predictions, isn't it? Um, so anyway, look, let, let's talk about this team. Because in the past, right, we called them out and we said, this is the fucking Z-Woo show. Um, and all the others need to fucking step it up. And you criticized them and I criticized them. And then when the Vitality started to click and, and do and do better and better at tournaments people would turn around going see you didn't give them time it's like no what we were saying was there's only so much time you can give them if they continue to perform like this yes. that is the point that we're making what do you think me and duncan would rather 
that this team with players whose careers we fucking followed for years, people we actually like in real life and get to talk to and hang out with at, at events. Do you think we want this team to fail and break <clears> apart, <throat> right? And we get back to the fucking French shuffle again, where it's like, but, uh, but perhaps this time Shocks will be a good IGL and maybe Appy could <laughs> <laughs> Just get me the fuck out of that reality, right? Or do, or do you think we want this team with this, with, with these, this old guard, unbelievably talented players and a new in-game leader and one of the best fucking prospects we've ever seen succeed. Which do you think, for the love of the game, which which do you think we'd rather? Well, obviously it's the fucking latter because we do love the game. It is real. But we're not we're not going to pretend they're not fucking shit when they were getting carried by a fucking teenager and everyone else was playing bad. This is like if I said, tell you what, sorry, Mrs. I don't know, for the joke, Mrs. Butterfield, we'll just say that one. Sorry, Mrs. Butterfield, but uh, whatever your son is, let's call him Owen for the sake of this. Your, your son, Owen, has not been, uh, he has not done well in his media communications class. He hasn't been doing Definitely the curriculum. Hasn't. He hasn't been turned up to class enough. And when he is, mm. I feel as though his effort is not concerted enough and he is yeah. going to fail this subject. So then... You know, Mrs. Butterfield, she gets out her purse and she pops out a few gold farthings, doubloons, all the good shit. And she she pays for a tutor to come in and help young Owen, as he might be mm. called in the scenario. And he yeah. gets his shit together. He figures out how to do it, you know. And he comes back and he fucking does well on the test. He doesn't get an A, but he gets a B plus. If after that you turn around and go, excuse me, sir, why did you say he was bad? He just got a B plus. It's yeah. like, that makes no sense. Did you follow any of the linear cause and effect in that story where they couldn't have improved to the level you would say, why did you criticize them if they hadn't have been criticized? Like, it's a pretty open and shut case, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you this, right? And this is the killer for you right here, Rich, because no one noticed it. What was the only map in the final that Vitality won against Team Liquid? Do you remember? Um, it was... Uh, it was, a, it was Wait, off the top of my head, it, I, no, it was just two. No, it was just two. No, no, yeah, it was yeah. just two. Yeah, it was. In, it was yeah. Inferno was the one they won against Astralis, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the map that they basically made it clear after the just two game that they weren't going to win the series when they played Inferno, right? That was absolutely mm. dire. They got bashed completely. That was the map where Seamless could run a massive CT side, right? Mm. Remember. Alex is the whole reason they're just two is godlike on T side. The yep. only map NBK calls on T side of is Inferno. Yeah. See this book. It's closed now. We don't ever have to have that discussion again about MBK as an in-game leader. I'm glad because we don't have to have it. He's, a br got, he's playing with a brilliant in-game leader. He's doing a great job. Like That's why the old Vitality wasn't good. You saw the old Vitality. You just played a game there. Played that Inferno game against Team Liquid. Go re-watch the demo anytime you want to get nostalgic. If you want to watch the good uh, the, uh, uh, Vitality, go watch the Just 2 game where they took one of the best teams in the world, one of the best Just 2 teams, took them all the way to overtime and beat them. Yeah. There's, that's night and day right there. I mean, look, I, I think that it's not just about uh, the fact that they've they've got an in-game leader who's clearly competent. By the way, I thought Alex was just like a lights-out performer. He had so many impactful rounds, like so many clutches, so many moments where he like outbrained uh, people. Like he was even outbraining Zipniks and clutches and shit. Like so, Alex is a very smart cerebral player that we probably haven't um, you know really given as many props to as we should. But again, it's everybody else. Apex. When was Apex looking this good? Like, how far back do we have to go? Now he's in vintage Apex form, playing with flair, no fear, you know, getting those entry frags again, having, like, great rounds where he rescues it, right? 
Then you got MBK. Now, MBK for a, was adrift for a while and not playing particularly well. Started to reinvent himself as this, like, secondary opera. You know, he's, he's, he's trying new things, and I think he needed that. People probably won't know this because not a lot of people followed Source as religiously as I did. Uh, but MBK was an opera for a brief time in a period of very games. It's something he's done in the past in his career. It was one of the reasons why uh, when when the scout was overpowered, if you remember in CSGO, MBK was the guy that would just pick up a scout on a second round and bang out three people with headshots. Uh, and then, crucially, RPK, like, I mean, especially in the final in the series, he was one of the things that was going very right for Vitality. That was clutching 1v3, you know, <coughs> pulling the fat out the fire fucking consistently. We haven't been saying that for a while either. So o over, over the course of the last few tournaments, you know, since they won the summit, everything is aligned. Everything is improved. And on top of that, I'm back to Zaiwu. Zaiwu is... is the the player most likely to knock simple off the purchase number one in the world so you've got all of that going for you they got a map pool that's pretty <coughs> fucking deep um you know it, it wasn't evident in the it wasn't evident in the final liquid completely outclassed them but first of all you you want to dodge them on dust too like there was a no lot of map overlap business. unfortunately on that one mate they could have yeah. looked a lot better against different opponents I'd say right now you want to dodge them on dust too you want to dodge them on nuke and if you're anyone other than liquid um maybe astralis uh yeah that's about it probably you want to dodge them on overpass but they got banged out on overpass in the final um they've got problems on mirage i mean i'll tell you this i'm glad the final didn't go to vertigo because if i was a liquid fan it'd be like that fucking oh, it's a key no and peel like a million dollars riding on a game on oh, vertigo shit. like fucking, that's not good oh, for anyone that's a fucking heart attack waiting to happen um so you know, but but yeah, they they're lacking on Mirage. They're lacking on Inferno. They need. To I agree with you. They need to change it up on Inferno. I don't know why they're letting MBK call it because their T sides look really fucking lacking. But uh, honestly, right now, uh, Vitality. If if they can maintain this form, very good shout to stay number two in the world. And actually, all of the talk of the rivalries we were going to get coming on, we were like, well, would it be Ents in Liquid? You know, because they've had some great close series, and Ents obviously at the Major. And then would it be Astralis in Liquid? Will, will, will Astralis get rid of the Blastralis thing and come back into it? <coughs> well, no, actually. Right now, Vitality and Liquid have, you know, Vitality took the Summit. Obviously, this is the bigger one at Cologne, but this is the interesting one. What happens when an old guard with a star who's probably better than any player on Liquid come up against an all-star lineup like Liquid when everyone can go off? I mean, I thought Twists was unlucky. If he'd had a better final, uh, he was godlike throughout the tournament. I thought, it was I thought it was really weird. He wasn't talked about more for the MVP um, for, the, for the tournament. I think, did Elige get it or did Zewu get it? Uh, Zewu got the HLTV.org. Yeah, Zewu got HLTV, but official one from Cologne was Elige, right? Don't know who. I don't know if there was an official one for that. At oh, least maybe I don't not. remember it anyway. But anyway, but I, I totally support the Zewu as the MVP because I think if Zewu isn't in the, the Vitality team, I don't think they're anywhere close to this tournament. Oh, they wouldn't be. But that's actually something I want to talk about as well. Like yeah. I agree, by the way. Bearing in mind, Navi themselves have been pretty inactive because they didn't qualify for Pro League, etc. Like yeah. if you just look at the work Zewu's put in over the last few months and then add this tournament, he absolutely is. In, he's the only person who truly is contending with Simple for the title yeah. of best player, and he actually has earned that status. And it's a, now a serious conversation. It's not like in the past 
where last year we used to have to crowbar it. Like, well, if technically, if you just look at the stats alone, twists over the last three months, only on a Monday when it's a 45 degree weather, is the same as, like, we had to mind fuck ourselves to believe anyone could be at Simple's level. The difference is Zewu, in terms of all around game, eye tests, stats, who he's beating, beating mm. better teams, winning when you have no business, winning, winning when, like, you're stuck in a Molotov and you have to kill two people before you die. Like, everything that's impossible, he's doing like Simple's doing. But I'll say this, this is the nuance I think people missed about this event. Because at the end of the event, I get it, because too many of the analysts and commentators played up the angle of like, it isn't like Simple and Na'Vi though, guys, stop saying that, you know, Zewu has to carry these guys. No, let's be real. There's a reason that stat was shown at the end of the tournament where if you look at the entire event, Zewu's rating's mental. It's unbelievable. Oh, and everyone yeah, on his team yeah. got like a red rating. But here's the context that's different. One, your eye test, if you watch the big games, shows it isn't only him carrying. Like, it's not as egregious the mistakes they make as Na'Vi does. I will say they lose a lot of, of anti-echos, mm. but that's also a, just, a diff I think, a function of what I'm about to say. I don't think, aside from Zero, they have that many top skilled players in this team. But even though the rating was bad, first of all, they played fucking 17 maps at the tournament. There's a lot yeah. of players here that if they'd have gotten to do what a lot of other players did, play half or less than that number, they'd have had an all right rating. They'd have had some good games, some bad games. And even now, 17 is a lot for anyone. That's why, by the way, Zewu is a god that he could do that over 17 maps. But you spin it the other way. His teammates also had a lot of time to lower those ratings by having to play a bazillion games. I would just say this. In game, the eye test tells me they are a much more coherent team than an RV was. They actually do play their roles, even if they don't frag out of them. And then, yes, yeah. even though it is still unreasonable, I'll still say that, they do have one of the best players in the world who can just, like, simple do it every fucking game. So as a result, they are one of the best teams. It's just, I would I would kind of agree. If you had to pick one matchup, you wouldn't want them to play. It's a team liquid where everyone's in, in peak form, and they can just literally take turns to, like, tag team, each, slap each other in to fucking go carry they the game. Yeah, and they made it really hard for themselves because, you know, uh, shout out to Bio in the chat was going to bring this up, but the, the fucking, the pistols, you know, they converted five pistol rounds in, in that final. Uh, well, they won five pistol rounds, but then, like, in terms of, like, making a 3-0 off the back of that, they got, they got fucking anti-e-code in four of them. On the Inferno game, I think this was the right one, if I'm correct. I think Inferno was the map where they won both pistols and Zewu had mm. three clutches and they was utterly smashed on the map. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. And it, it, it's like, listen, you know, um, if they can tweak that, but I, I, I almost think that's a symptom of Liquid. I don't think that's anything Vitality are doing. No, I also think Liquid is... Like, that's why in many ways, we'll get to this when we talk about Liquid, they have mm. a lot of the qualities of what that FaZe clan thought they were going to do to be number one, but they're for yeah. real. Like, for example, they have the team that if you wanted to put everyone on a pistol upgrade, you'd make this sort of a lineup. People who just have killer aim will just bang your head off from a mile away. That's well, why I like that MBK at least, except the joke when he said himself that they were bad at them. I even said, yeah, it doesn't feel like good being on the other side of that, does it, mate? No, I it doesn't. did exactly. Because for people who don't know, actually probably one of the most similar comparable teams was the old French teams. They yeah. also had mad skill, played Marvelous style, were unbelievable if they were on pistols. There's even some, some similarities NBA can probably appreciate there. Um, so let's do it. Let's fucking move on to Liquid and then we'll we'll do the blast thing and then we'll do the questions. It's going to be a bit of a long episode. Hey, so we'll, 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 try, right. we'll try and, we'll we'll try and speed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. 
Um, so look, uh, Liquid, I, I thought they fucking started real slow at this fucking tournament. You saw the 16-14 in the best of one against the Koreans on Nuke, and you were like, fucking hell. And then let's be real, they probably should have lost to Na'Vi if it weren't for fucking Knifegate no. coming up. So they get a bit of luck there. Um, but what, what was interesting was... They were just like laughing and joking like this weren't a fucking thing. Like it was like they were always just super like they literally were given the game <coughs> by Narvi. Um, but they were talking like they fucking beat them. Like legit. Uh they didn't you know, they were just laughing, joking, look completely unflustered. I had NRG beating them uh, when I did my predictions because I thought it was gonna I, I but I felt Liquid could win the tournament. But I just felt it was gonna take something. It was gonna take someone to knock them down a peg. But actually Turned out, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't clean. Uh, I thought NRG, um, I mean, you know, on Nuke, they fucking, they, they definitely made some mistakes that were uncharacteristic. And then obviously in Inferno, fuck Stanislaw's life. Fuck Stanislaw's life. Because he was doing fucking heroics on that map. And then it, crazily, it was sort of Ethan and, and Breezy who've been really good. That sort of had like moments where they made mistakes that were critical. But it was a 22-20 game. On Inferno, so NRG could have took that. So Liquid weren't looking. Li Liquid hadn't really come alive, and they said so. You know, they did that interview where I think after the NRG game, they were like, uh, "It doesn't feel like a win for us." And it was the NRG game they said that about, not the Navi game. That's where you know it sounds counterintuitive, but when your fucking C or B minus game still gets you the win against all these mm. other top ten ranked teams, yeah. you're fucking an amazing team, and you yourself know that you got away with one there as well. Well, let's just let's just be real. I mean, you know, in terms of what was dragging them through, there, there, were, there were some parallels early in the tournament between Liquid and Na'Vi that cohesively they didn't look like a great team, but they would, it, it's what this Liquid team can do. The difference is with Na'Vi, it's simple that has to pull the hero performance out because no one else can. On Liquid, take your fucking pick. You basically just, you get you get three or four names, you chuck them out there, twists, whichever comes out, there you go. Yeah, t t Twists was fucking unreal for periods of this tournament, but then in the NRG game, it's like, you have a rest, mate, you fucking chill out down there at the bottom of the scoreboard, Elise is back in town, motherfucker, I'm just gonna step up and casually do fucking 30 kills on both maps or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, Nitro, like, how many fucking clutch rounds did Nitro have? Over this like, tournament, mate, he was it's funny that obviously they're following in the wake of the Astralis team because what he's doing was comparable to some of those tournaments last year when Glaive would just have numbers that for an yeah. IGL that's also doing a good job as an IGL are like, this is unreal. How's this guy doing this? Yeah. And I, like st straight up <coughs> in the past, again, because I'll never ignore history. We, we I, I talked about Nitro and said I didn't understand it because he was underperforming and he didn't have the chops as an IGL. Sure. Well, you know, sometimes some people who have the intelligence and uh, the, the skill set can obviously grow into that role. Um, and, and some people I don't think will um, and shouldn't even try. And someone like Nitro, I'll be willing to admit I was completely wrong because he's in the I think he's one of the outliers for me that made it. Sure, sure, absolutely. But, I but would if, have if, bet a year or two into that. It, it doesn't to, work. To, to, put a, to put a comparison, <coughs> right, in from, again, you know, digging back in the ether, People won't remember that existence was like the god tier Orpa, a mad fragger um, in Source. Had all the highlight reels, had all the frag movies. And then eventually you realize like, this is a product of great reactions and reading the game. And as I get older, um, it's going to deteriorate a little bit. And on top of that, I play in a scene that doesn't really have an abundance of great IGLs. 
you know there's a you had hearts with the guy from 1.6 his protege was like krl and then you had uh regnum and now you're fucking struggling uh for great for great french igl so existence identified a fucking way to reinvent himself and his reinvention from being one of the greatest orpers of in source to being one of the greatest igls in go and source is is un, unparalleled it, it, it somebody should make a documentary about that story and how he did it and how he sat down with other igls and took all the lessons nobody has ever done it like him nitro's pretty fucking close Nit nitro's pretty fucking close um, even went ham in the final mate just go look at his stats yeah. this guy's no yeah. joke yeah and and the fact that again nitro's picking up an orp and he's clutching with it and he's he's outbraining players and this team are all firing on all cylinders and even when things don't go well tactically around is always salvageable because of an individual moment of brilliance you know like fuck me this this liquid team is fucking scary and it yeah. and, and you're right the, the, the parallel it is phase but it's phase with a fucking really good in-game leader and a, yes. and, a, and a guy who can clutch so again like there is a real chance here. i don't want to get ahead of myself but when people are talking about is this an era again go back and look at the tournaments they've won they just took a fucking grand slam in like what they've beaten everyone that's yeah. not exaggeration they have beaten everyone yeah like if, and their map pool is unreal yeah yeah it's like you know the fact they were even willing to leave vertigo in there like fuck it let's just have a bash eh like exactly. I, I, like uh, and if you watch how Stewie plays on that map, I mean, like again, they've just got so much capabilities, so much, uh, you know, just it's just a terrifying team. The only thing, again, we're at a point now where the only thing that can fuck them up is their mentality and their mindset, and we know they were liable for a choke in the past. I don't think they are anymore. I think they've got that out of their system, Mate, and, and the that people, is so terrifying for everybody. You know, obviously, that was the first thing that really hit the credibility is they won IEM Sydney without playing the top teams because there was none there thanks to all the blast shit. And then famously, because they went to that fifth map against Fnatic, people thought, fairly enough, well, what if Fnatic has a miracle game there and wins? You know, the same shit would have happened again. That's yep. the difference, is you look at the tournaments after that, and every time they're in the tough spot where normally it would be like, right, time to pack it all up and lose this game. We had a close map. Haha, -ha, we all tried out the cut. Let's come back strong. And no, they would just come back in that game. They actually now start to have that quality that in even though stylistically it's totally different, the roles are totally mm. different. It reminds me of Astralis last year in the same way. Like, I know that they haven't lost the game yet. I know that, like, you know what? If this opponent gives them one more chance, they're going to get back in this motherfucker. And that's what you saw in the final. Like, that last map of oh, Mirage in the final. A normal team liquid game. I mean, it was scrappy to even get the rounds they did in the first half. They'd just lose the game. You just gradually you get chalked out you lose the game no in that game if they got any chances they were going to come back it's like it's the same feeling you have to play your a plus game that's to have a chance to beat them that's how you know you got a great yeah. team on your hands yeah and you still might lose yeah and and you know just super happy with the way it's worked out like doing the grand slam in this like unbelievable record time i mean intel must be fucking like someone somewhere at intel's getting a fucking furious email because they were like look it's so hard to do. We'll probably never have to pay a, Remember, a, a million dollars. Remember, Dupree said he thought nobody would ever do it. Exactly. It's right. been done twice now, one yeah, in record no. time. It's fucking wild as fuck, isn't it? Like, because somebody's got to the market going, all we have to do is promise a million dollars, but they'll never do it. It's so hard. And, and by then, the way, if you're Astralis, you remember that argument? Ha ha, we just want to have a break. And also, Blast uh, is yeah. more money. Three million dollars, yeah. motherfucker. Three million dollars. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, yeah. by the way, do you not want your rivals to get eras? I'd probably not let them win a million dollars in 63 days, dumb fuck. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. crazy and, uh, you know, it, it's like it's like that fucking, uh, you know, it, it's like when you do those things at restaurants where it's like you have the heart attack burger. Nobody can finish it. And then it's like, we'll just open this restaurant in Texas. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is like... Everyone is comes like... in and demolishes that fucking burger. They yeah, do it for they... fucking fun. This is like Astralis completed that, right? And they were, and someone was like, you're the best we've ever fucking had in here. The way you ate it, you know, you still seem fine at the end. You could have gone for more, if anything, but you chose to just retire and go home early. Liquid came in. They didn't even see the board. They just ordered that as a fucking starter. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, just fucking wild as fuck. And again, do it in a record time. This is why I'm saying, if you go and look, right, anybody who has any doubt about an era, I know it's only been a short period of time. I know we're talking, for me, we're talking three months. Uh, people, people have been saying, oh, it's only been two months and blah, blah, blah. You know, they want to go back to the first sort of tournaments they were winning. Understand that the, to, to, to contextualize an era, right? Yeah, do have to take a little bit before the bit when they get into the fucking sweet spot, right? So you go back to, for me, probably to uh, the start of April. Um, you know, after, anything after Katowice, I think, because if you remember, they won. They started the year with winning the I by Power Masters, where they beat Astralis to do it. Now, no one's ever going to include that tournament in an era, but that's the tantalizing prospect of what could have been. Yes. And then they go to they go to Sao Paulo. They're second. They lose against Astralis, but they took a map and it was close again. And then they got to the finals in Miami and they were like, fucking hell, is this the one? And then they had to play FaZe, who were literally, that was like the last probably good performance by them. But then after that, you go to Sydney, right? It's a win, right? You go to the CS Summit, you get to the final, you use the Vitality, they probably didn't even see coming, probably thought they'd already won it. First time they ever played them. Yeah, first time they've ever come up against that lineup. They ain't going to... You've already seen they've got their fucking number now. Exactly. Right? They win Dallas. They win that Invitational, which was no fucking joke. We're talking online Counter-Strike to even get to Cologne. And they had to beat G2 in the final. Then they won the Pro League finals. Now they've done Cologne and they've done a Grand Slam. Like, if this isn't the start of a fucking era, like, I've never seen one before then. It, It seems like a crazy argument to me. Because remember... Even when we're in eras, you have to include the second places, the semi-finals. Yes, exactly. You ha- that is part of it. It's not just about all- the That's wins. That's what they always miss, Rich. Because what, yeah. what always happens is people miss that, like, if we only counted winning tournaments, you'd have to take half the eras away. They'd only mm. be fucking nipping, probably maybe nipping Astralis. I think it'd be only ones that would actually qualify. Even fanatically, like I said, used to lose tournaments. They used yeah. to even sometimes lose badly if the t- right team came along in the semis. You know, that could happen. It wasn't impossible. Yeah. But the mean, idea is if your bad day is semi final, you're probably fucking amazing. And as anyone who goes and can open a Liquipedia tab, which apparently no one does, can see, a bad day for Team Liquid is lose to another of the best teams in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And it, it's like, it's that consistency. In the final. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's that consistency of excellence. That's what we're talking about when we talk about eras. It's that you back this team to be in the top three every fucking time. And more often than not, it's number one. That's an era. But if Team Liquid go to the next tournament now and they get like into the final and then let's say it's a rematch with Vitality and, you know, hey, this time Vitality take it 2-1, right? And people go, see? Not an era. It's like, fuck me. You, you, it's, you, it's like you've never followed sports before. You've never followed sports. Because I'll, ba- I'll bet your team would go back to the next final after that. 
winning a Grand Slam is in in the way they've done it, in the time they've done it in, is unreal. And yeah, there are mitigating circumstances because of fucking Astralis being pussies. Yes. Right? There's a big asterisk next to it. I mean, put it this way any chance of a fucking Intel sponsorship for Astralis went out the fucking window because you just fucked them out of a million dollars with your pussy fake fucking bullshit. There's literally Um, an asterisk next to their name because Astralis put their era at risk. There you go. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Might go back in time, change how that word was formed. Maybe I go back, I appear to some fucking monk, and I go, what about if we called it an asterisk? He goes, oh, seems weird to me. I'm just going to do that. And I go, there you go. Since I just appeared and just said something random to you, just assume I'm God or something. Works for everyone else. Damn, stop that. We'll all be dead. Reasonable. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, you know, super, super, psyched, super psyched about uh, about this Team Liquid team. And this is what I'm saying about how we're entering. You know, after six months of like, you know, kind of poor, poor tournaments, poor everything. Like ESL One Cologne, just overall, it was like the jumper cables because it's a fucking exciting time. By the way, strike. can we just put the two narratives together as well? Yeah, we're living in a world where there's people like I'll, I'll argue and die on this hill that every one of Australia's results can be argued away that their era still continues. The same person. Team Liquid's been in every final and won the majority of the tournaments and got a million dollars in 63 days. Yeah, not enough for me. <laughs> yeah, no. The same no. person exists. I know. It's wild, it's wild as fuck. Uh, but, you know, this is an exciting time. Like, I, I, you know, we didn't have time to talk about them, but NRG understand. I think they can do something. And it's obviously in the mix. Astralis is still going to be there and thereabouts. They're never going to be really, really bad. FaZe might be getting called Zero in now. We got Furia on the come up. We got Mouse Sports on the come up. We got Vitality and Liquid making perhaps what could be a tantalizing rivalry. Thank fuck. Like, CS has been saved this year. And actually, what saved it? Um, it's been the, just the teams and the development of Absolutely, young talent yeah. coming through. It's actually been them. So, um, well, I'm, let's I'm... speak about some stands who keep making noise. <laughs> Blast! And here we go. <laughs> yeah, so... yeah, yeah, great segue. Thanks, buddy. Uh, right. So, we've been talking about this fucking Blast L- LA event, uh, for you know, because they, they handled it so bad. So, it was meant to be at the Galen Center, which seats up to 10,000. Uh, people, but just so you know, when when you hire like real stadiums, you cut certain segments off. Of and sometimes that sometimes that's practical because you have to put a screen somewhere yep. that people can see, so you can't have, you can't have a three sixty screen. Stuff. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, you don't have the three sixty that you do in a sporting event. So generally, it's never at capacity. Even when they say, "Hey, we sold out," and people go, "Oh, you sold ten thousand tickets?" Nah, they sold eight thousand because they had to fucking put a stand of two thousand people cordoned off because you couldn't have people sit there or they couldn't see the shit. So, you know, there's a lot of fucking fudging of the numbers in esports at the best of times. So that's one thing you all need to know about how it works. But anyway, we're meant to be doing it in the Galen Center. And then, obviously, they just decided, seemingly out of the fucking blue, to not only change the date, but then to change the venue. And the venue, uh, we, we thought it was a wind-up. We thought it was a joke. It's literally a furniture store. It's literally a furniture store. And then they honestly thought they could get away with not giving refunds out. <laughs> I mean, that's the most mind-blowing part of, the, part of it to me. You paid for an experience. It's like if you fucking were like, hey, you want to buy this fucking Ferrari? Yeah, Ferrari seems pretty dope. There's the, there's the money for that. Did I say Ferrari? Actually, you know, it's, uh, it's a fucking, I don't know, some shit car, a fucking Fiat Uno or something. And it's like, okay, well, I want, I want some of the money back. I'll still take the Uno. No, I no, guess. we need four times more. What, what's that? <laughs> 
Now it costs four times more now. Yeah, 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 exactly. You but yeah. understand the Fiat Uno is a more intimate experience, you know, mm. and it challenges your driving exactly. capabilities without exactly. a lot of the fancy newfangled technology, you know, that a lot of the people are using, you know. But that, that's the other thing. So not only were they not going to give you a refund, they were also jacking up the price for a fucking clearly inferior product. And and they and they literally did not fucking address this. They didn't explain why any of it was happening and honestly thought they could style it out. So by the way, if you ever want to know who uh, Refresh are as a company, right, and what they would do to consumers if nobody would call them out on their shit, you now know. They will fucking, it, it is no Vaseline by Ice Cube. That's how they're fucking rolling. But then so, two things happened that were brilliant. One, again, the AMA. Their PR department, who, by mm. the way, are fucking killing it right now. I think the only PR department in the world that's outperforming them is probably fucking the people who deport people in the USA at the moment. I can't think of anyone who's more disliked for doing their job at the moment than these fucking guys because, like, PR is the main area they're failing in. Believe it or not, it's not even the tournaments. Like I say, perception management is such a big thing in esports. Of course it is. You can fuck up and apologize. You can fuck up and say, I see where I'm messing up here and we'll do better. People will forgive you. One thing they'll never forgive is when they get a line on your bullshit and you keep selling them the bullshit over and over. Yeah. So you get stuff like the AMA, which was not taken out well by the community and then obviously this unicorn interview where they act rich as though they did all the things you just said and admitted everything but they again they never even it in there they always spin it to be good everything's yeah. going to be better well let's talk about the ama and by the way if you ever want to see example uh, an exemplary uh person when it comes to just transparency and community interaction just go and watch we all remember what adam apicella did with mlg mlg weren't always doing yeah. popular things by the way mlg it's not like mlg didn't make mistakes but you knew Adam would be out there and he would be fucking saying, listen, we fucked up. We shouldn't have done it. So I'm here to talk you through it all. And it's not good enough and, and bang. And then at other times when they were basking in the adoration, he'd come in and go, let's not over egg the pudding. You know, let's fucking chill out. We really appreciate it. But, you know, we got these things to do and we don't know how that's going to work. He was just a great guy for, for, for how to interact with the community. He was always honest and upfront and he always got ahead of shit and he never bullshitted anybody. Right? That's that's the guy you need. What we've got here with fucking this AMA, which by the way, bad signs immediately for an AMA. A big company decides to interact with a community. It was a 64% net upvote. It, it was struggling to get on the front page. People at this point don't even want to hear what you got to say. You fucked up that much. You lied that much. So they don't even want to listen to what you got to say because they expect more lies and bullshit. It's weird how that works, isn't it? It's like there's a fucking parable called the fucking boy who cried wolf that will tell you all about this. And you learn it when you're fucking six years old. That once you fucking sell out your fucking integrity and you fucking lie to people repeatedly, they don't want to listen to you anymore. So they come in this for the, 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 the AMA and the fucking swagger on these cunts oh, is outrageous. It's outrageous. We called it. We said they were like the estate agents that were selling you the dog shit fucking house and saying, "Hey, but it's a real yeah. fixer upper. Plenty to do for the plenty to do for the missus around the home, and it's not small. It's just cozy and intimate." And they literally did this. I've got the answer in front of me. They actually did the estate agent bullshit line. It's like they now, were like, that's a pretty good line, actually. Nice and comfortable, isn't it? Yeah, right? write that down, right? <laughs> Nicholas, Nicholas Estrup is a good fucking guy, by the way. He's sure. old school in esports. I know him. I like yeah, him. He's, he's one of the legit ones. 
But but what he was he doing in the AMA is unforgivable. Yeah, what, yeah, of course he, he is. He is what drives me nuts. And me and you have had this too many times in our career. Yes, when someone on r slash League of Legends addresses Richard's ban, it will mm. be the most reasonable admin nod on the whole fucking crew. Yeah. And he'll purposely go out of his way to use language that's not incendiary. And he will act as though he represents the mods and they were all totally nice guys. And Richard's really unreasonable. No, the problem is that guy is the front man. And he is the fucking bag man as well. And his oh, job yeah. is to call the fucking bag while the bad guy gets out the door. And unfortunately, those guys, I agree, they are good people. But I always tell them if they ever complain to me, I don't care, mate, if your career is fucked up by working for this company. You did choose to work for a fucked up company. Like, yeah, I'm not making thing. the other guys fucking wreck you in your company, am I? Nicholas Nicholas was a guy who was out there doing like I think he even fucking started in photography or some shit. He was community manager, he was a fucking journalist, he's done this, he's done that. Grassroots you know, guy. Yeah, yeah, like a grassroots guy who definitely deserves some fucking money, and I hope they're paying him well because when you've got to be the guy, it always reminds me of the time that Riot Games, when their uh, season two finals or whatever the fuck it was, got cancelled. Yes. And it wasn't Mark Merrill or fucking Brandon Beck or any of those cunts who were fucking pretending that their company doesn't have problems still and giving the fucking California Employment uh, Commission the fucking runaround. It wasn't them who went out to apologize to all the fucking fans that literally a live event was being cancelled. They sent fucking DJ Wheat, the host of the event, because he was the... He was the fucking face of, of a friendly face to put in it. Like, no one's going to boo DJ. Boo, fucking start. Here come the pretzels. Like, that was never going to happen to fucking DJ Wheat, right? But he sent him out, and he had to apologize and eat the shit. And it's like, this guy, Nicholas Estrup, they sent him out to basically answer these questions, which are unanswerable. But what's he going to do? you got to say it. It's your fucking job. You, there's a paycheck there. There's a commitment there. There's a professional expectation. But we literally called the answer. They literally, we, we said, this is what they'll say. And we were sort of laughing about it, like yucking it up. Like, oh, no, they'll say it's intimate and it's a better experience. Oh, God, imagine. Like, that. we're laughing about it. They fucking did it. They actually did it. It's like you said, it's like they watched the episode and they said, fucking hell, Foreign and Richard should do our PR. They fucking nailed it. Like, no, you silly cunts. Do the opposite. Look at the fucking answer he said in Nicholas Estrup, right? Uh, a guy called Porridge Moore. On Reddit, just asked the question in the AMA, why would you downgrade an event from a huge arena to a furniture store? Lol. I still can't believe that's a thing. And then Nicholas Estrup answered, I mean, right out the gate, it's just like, how much bullshit can I fucking force this guy to drink? Probably yeah. lots. And he goes, we definitely don't see it as a downgrade. <laughs> right. Okay, I, I don't know if there's some fucking Danish translation. No, that's the first thing I would say. I would say, hold up a second. I need to define some <laughs> concepts here. Downgrade. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like, right, okay. Galen sent an actual sporting arena that hosts, like, real sporting events. Furniture store. Like, what? The, if this isn't a fucking downgrade, like, what, do you know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? Uh, and then he goes, anyway. Uh, I'm I surprised they aren't just like... In fact, we now wish we'd originally thought of the idea. To have oh, the video. In fact, yeah, in fact, all of it. We're looking for furniture stores in Brazil for when we go back. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like straight up, like I like. I hope they've got sugar balls full of fucking cocaine and all sorts of crazy <laughs> shit know. in the office. Like I hope they're, I hope they're living like that. I hope they're living like that because that's the only fucking excuse for the shit. This better be like one of those writing rooms in Hollywood in the eighties. Exactly, like full fucking Mad Men, just fucking way. Like, I hope that's how it's going down. What, it's insane. Have you seen this shit? 
It's going out like that. I just said it was a fucking upgrade. I know. I know. not like, just slam on anything. Anyway, right? He goes, we definitely don't see it as a downgrade. We've done something drastically different. As if drastically different. I you know, know, fucking Ryan Johnson, whatever his name is, did something drastically different for a fucking Last Jedi. It was drastically shit. No, the, what they've done is... Star Wars is a franchise. People aren't even going to the fucking te- theme park. That's it. Blast have subverted your expectations. You yeah, thought exactly. the event was going to have 8,000 people and be in the Galen Centre. Joke's on you. It's got 1,000 people. It's in a furniture store. And you have to pay, basically, to just be sat on the fucking producer's lap as one of the seats. That's like a special high-premium VIP ticket. Right? And then he goes... Just um, his balls while he's changing cameras. Every, go, ooh, I'm getting a lot, very interactive experience, this fucking Blast. Yeah, and then, he, and then he goes, so we get a little bit of truth in, because, you know, he follows the shit sandwich model, you go. know, bread, bread, bread shit, you know, compl- hate, compliment, feedback, whatever the fuck. He goes, uh, it goes back to ticket sales. When going into ticket sales for Blast Miami, we had huge respect for the US market and knew it was going to be hard. Miami ended up being okay as for attendance, but when we then saw the ticket sales in LA shaped up in very much the same way spoiler it was actually worse the most expensive ticket group being sold out first and general admission gaining less traction we felt this was the perfect time to try out something we'd wanted for a while what you you want to move dates and venues and you want to go from arenas to furniture stores do you you've been wanting to do that for a while have you <laughs> fucking hell I'm, I'm not buying it maybe they were going to change the name of the company to refurbish <laughs> that's not bad <laughs> not bad <laughs> not bad uh, anyway, he goes, um, create, we want to create something intimate where VIP was for everyone attending. If everyone's a VIP, no one's a VIP. Spoiler again, like basic concepts. Very important person. You're all breathtaking. Panda more, you fucking cunt. What do you mean everyone's a VIP? Fuck that. That's stupid. We wanted things to be really intimate. So you could kind of see us look in your eyes as we fucked you directly at the venue for your money <laughs> and experience that is absolutely shit now. Right? So then he, then he, so then he goes... Uh, where VIP was for everyone attending, and that ultimately feels like a concert with your favorite artist. I don't want my sporting events to be like concerts, thank you very much. You can jazz it up all you fucking want. In fact, you know, we had a gentleman's agreement not to talk about it. I want less concert in my, concerts at my esports events, please. Like, I can't see DJ Khaled come out again and fucking people just like, why is this? Why is this Mo lookalike out here? Well, the joke is, DJ Khaled could come out and go, any of y'all want another one of them best of ones? <laughs> yeah, they I go, know. Like, another no, one, another no. one. <laughs> another best of one another bo one like yeah fuck that right um so then he goes uh, it's in an intimate <laughs> setting rather than a stadium concert so not like a concert then <laughs> because when i go to a concert it's a big thing and then you know when i go to a, like a gig it's a small intimate thing i guess you, i don't go in the bed bath and beyond and then them go right bob dylan's gonna be playing in the fucking you know the bath section like, burr, yeah. burr. That's not what's going on in his career, is it, guys? And that wouldn't be better if it was. And then he said, in our case, being players, talent, and the general production to let people into the engine room of a CSGO event. To me, this event brings back parts of what I've loved from LAN in the early 2000s. So it's regressive then. I guess wait a minute, wait it. a minute. Even that analogy is whack. You wouldn't mm. ever let general plebs into the engine room no. of a fucking train, submarine, whatever. You wouldn't go, no. you know what? Come on back here. Start to with with knobs and stuff if you want. Maybe you'll make the broadcast better. Like, you wouldn't do that, would you? That's a private right. area. 
Uh, and then um, all while opening up all areas for the people attending. So I'm excited. Right. Well, first of all, right. Speaking of somebody who's fucking just it has a deluge of death threats every day. This would be the most terrifying prospect. Ever. Well, it's just people everywhere. Access all areas is there. That couldn't possibly go wrong. Uh, I'm going to call it now. Right, I got on a limb. Something oh, bad's happening. Something bad is happening in this event. Someone's gonna get some shit stolen, or somebody's gonna get fucking uh, filmed doing something in a in an area they thought was fucking private. Or we're gonna have a front page Reddit thread about a drama that shouldn't have fucking happened. And m maybe someone's gonna fucking potentially lose a job or get hammered on by the community again. Something like that's happening. Richard's calling it now because access all areas for fucking fans. All of the fans, but come the fuck on. What are we What are we talking about here? You need private areas for players, for talent, for fucking, for the crew. Like, I'm sure everybody would like to have a peek behind the curtain, but there's a fucking reason why the curtain's there, you mad cunt. Of course. So I don't, I, I, I do not get Mate, that. This is what Refresh would actually do. If they had have run the fucking Emerald City of Oz, they'd be like, right, well, anyway, we've had to downgrade where the wizard is to just a fucking shack. But if you pay $5, you can just look at the little guy behind the curtains and go, wow, this is fucking shit, isn't it? It's nothing <laughs> yeah, like I, I imagine. Plus, they yeah, go exactly. away from it that way. Yeah, but, but obviously as well, seeing what goes on behind it actually can ruin the illusion a little bit. But I'll just say this as well. This doesn't apply to everybody. I've met plenty of fans that, you know, have followed my work for a long time. I'd happily go out and have a beer with them. They're good folk. But I've also met fans who are a little bit awkward. They don't really know what the protocol is. Uh, and I'll give you an example of this. I, you know, when when, when we uh, used to do E-League, there used to be toilets out that, you know, the fans could fucking go in. And occasionally, if it was closer or whatever, and I needed a piss in a commercial break, so I only had three minutes, you know, I'd bomb out and I'd go to the toilet and occasionally I'd be taking a piss next to a fan. And a fan would literally, like, say, can I, he'd already have his phone out, like, leaning over. Can I, can I take a picture of you? Well, my cock out. Like, for real. Like, you know, and, and they don't understand it. You know, I said, who are you? Fucking Dr. Disrespect. So the fucking point of that is, like, you know, maybe maybe you don't want fucking fans everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, something bad, I'm telling you, something bad's coming out of that. And you can dress it up and say it's fucking intimate or whatever. That's See, fucking dumb as fuck. That's why I'm always one step ahead of the game. I only ever used to go in that A-League toilet where one of those, like, fake dicks that used to pass, like, drug tests. I used to flop this motherfucker out, like, <laughs> right on the edge. And then if anyone even looked <laughs> over, I'd go, I'd go, you like what I see? Ding! It's unreal, mate. So so I think this is a bad idea. But anyway, let, let's move on to the interview. Like, they, they then decide to back it up, and they go into a little bit more detail uh, about why it's a fucking furniture store. And again, keep in mind, they're talking about how it's going to be this better intimate experience. So tidbits from this interview. First of all, they absolutely nail it on. Yeah, we just didn't sell tickets. How you turn not selling tickets into a success. And, and, and then think Here's about it. Here's my favorite line of the whole interview. Other people won't get this, Rich, because it's yeah. so, like, subtle how stupid a line it is. But I'll just read it out for you. It goes, the guy asks him about the ticket price increase and about whether having a smaller venue is why. Because logical economics, if you make less money off, if there are less tickets to be sold, you will have to make the tickets cost more to reach the costs or to have your margin. Makes yeah. perfect sense. He goes, when doing an event that all of a sudden goes from six to 7,000 tickets down to 1,000 to 1,500, that of course comes at a cost. Well, yeah, because selling tickets is the only way you make money on that event. Yeah, it? So, yeah. So in other words, what they're saying is every time we've come to America with our events, it hasn't fucking worked out. Now, I'll tell you this from just real talk at E-League. 
it is it, it's a lot harder to get people in na especially in certain parts where there's like you've got the saturation of things to do to come to events and it's not a surprise it shouldn't be a surprise i could have told you this if you if if you were sending emails when i was working at e-league uh to ask me questions instead of trying to get me fired i would have told you this right out the gate because i know about this shit it, we we used to we used to have people we used to give our tickets away and we'd still have some sometimes two hundred at capacity sometimes forty and you had to move the chairs around because there's shit to do there's other shit to do so the things that would sell out the VIP packages well of course because they're the super fans they're the people who wouldn't for the world but then you're asking the casual fans to choose between well there's a new fucking marvel movie out there's actually another esports event down the road from an esports event i like better there's a sports team in town i, f I can get tickets for that from a fucking scalper for the same price as this maybe i get to see the lakers right you know what i mean like you're competing with so much more you're competing with so much more. Plus, there's no scarcity of esports events. It's not like when you know you go to a place. It's like, yeah, obviously, not even the scarcity of blast events. Yeah, like a Sao Paulo. You know, Sao, Sao Paulo's getting there now, where we're getting regular events like ESL and the blast and stuff. But the reason that the first events in Sao Paulo were just packed to the fucking rafters was because there hadn't been an event that was like you know with Brazilian teams, there Brazilian stars, Brazilian icons, right? You know, like a, a, in a big stadium before it was like new, it was emergent. So obviously, people are gonna go and check it out. Like esports in, in in an a has just been a thing for like a long a, a long time and we've hit a point where there's actually so much choice you are trying to elbow into a very crowded fucking room so i could have told you all of that right out the bat to basically try and spin your failure to come even close to selling out a ten thousand stadium which was mad optimistic by the way Mad oh, here's, here's another detail that's hilarious as well, right? So at the end, the guy asks quite an understandable question. He says, are there any concerns with fire codes, given this mm. was a former retail's place? Yep. Here's yep. how I don't want a sentence to begin if no. I ask you about concerns about fire codes. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me how a critical part of the venue is made out of wood. Wood. I know, it's mental, isn't it? It's mental. So no, <laughs> I only have a few basic requests when you have <laughs> yeah. a film. <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I remember when I showed that picture with that massive wooden ceiling. Everyone's going, it can't be that. Look, it's all got one side. It's all windows. And look at the wooden ceiling. How's that going to work? And then it turns out, no, that picture is legit. That picture is actually what it is. So, th so he even says, well, yeah, because uh, the venue has a stunning wooden... Right. I don't know. Like, fucking hell, where have you been? Like, what What are you? Are you fucking Amish or something? Like, if, you, if you're looking at a wooden ceiling, going, that's Yep, that's that, right. right. Yep, blast yeah. barns. Yeah. You're going to be having a barn race. Oh, yeah, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the barn. Uh, Do you have a guy over here? Be... Look, <laughs> look at this glorious, stunning wooden ceiling that we put up. <laughs> like, fuck, what are you? Like, how star for entertainment are you? Blast and bless is all that God has provided for us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, if anyone's looking at the fucking ceiling... Your event and going, that's fucking wicked, didn't it? Mate, like, you... at some point, they could literally play that song like, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't yeah. give a fuck. Let the motherfucker... <laughs> but they've said, right, because it's got a wooden ceiling, they went, yeah, we've got, we can't even have any pyrotechnics. They can't. So, I'll. How's this show getting better? They should just keep spinning it though, which is better because with all the low ticket sales, we couldn't even afford them anyway. Exactly. So yeah, better for everyone, right? Yeah, but so here's the thing: you can keep trying to spin that, like you're just gonna let fans basically like just come up and creep on people, like fucking Moses and that, like while they're trying to have some downtime. Like, hey, I fucking love you, Moses. Hey, can I put a green pie in your face? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be the next level: is if the recoup costs for a thousand dollars, you get to at any point in the tournament pop up like that surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> 
That's obviously what's just going to happen. It's just going to be like a big sack. Get the custard pies. Wreck Moses. Like, God, I can't believe you're trying to sell this as like good and not a potential fucking disaster. Like, what people wanted was they wanted a good atmosphere, good games, good teams, have some pyrotechnics, have a fucking show, and then go fucking home. But I don't even believe fans want to do that shit. This intimate setting that you're talking about. I don't even believe that fans do really want to be like, oh, just go backstage and talk to people, can I? And take pictures of them. All right. Would have rather we had a good fucking tournament. Oh, this door's a bit stiff, isn't it? You hit it with your elbow and you come in. You having a gangbang back here. This is always my dream to get involved with one of these, no matter what they said. Notice I left the name out there. Yeah, no, good for you. Good for you. No, but obviously it's like, you know, we all we all know what goes on in, in the fucking green room, you know. Anders will be there fucking doing his fucking cocaine and mushroom fucking, you know, <laughs> binge, you know, getting all the drugs. Like, no, no, it's cool. I'm casting an hour. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll be, I'll be fine. The mushrooms will be kicking in when the game Sorry, what off. did you say? Oh, my bad. That was a DMT. Right? And then someone's going to come backstage and get a picture of that. You know, Anders looking like he's had a fucking powdered donut with fucking oh, hey, psilocybin mushrooms in his beard. Just look over and you'll just literally fucking go deep into those <laughs> eyes. Tall, didn't it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you'll start just having epileptic fits. Every... You, do, you don't want to know what's going on backstage at these events. Trust me, guys. You'll never look at us the fucking same way again. So anyway, yeah, the boss, man. What a fucking, what an absolute nightmare. I can't, but I can't. Well, please, believe... please, guys, do keep doing these interviews and AMAs and everything else. Every time you communicate with the community, it is fucking gold. Like, put it this way, their entire event is riding on the execution of this fucking, whatever the fuck it was called, the intimate zone, the fucking, is that like, you know what I mean? Is that a fucking... Plastic front row experience or whatever it's you called. You are now yeah, entering like... the intimate zone. <laughs> it sounds like something that one of Joe Biden's aides stands beside him and says, you're entering the intimate zone, Joe. Stop kissing that kid. Fucking hell, I can't do it, mate. It's too much. So uh, their entire their entire event, their entire event is basically riding on the execution of this. Um, and and, it, and by their own admission, it's never been tried. And by their own admission, it's atavistic and it's a fucking throwback. So I don't know. Ah, what a fucking nightmare. But anyway, four days. I guess we'll find out, right? We'll find out if the fucking egg's on our face. Mate, I've had more people in fucking bed than they're going to have there, and that wasn't too intimate. <laughs> but I was fucking all of them as well. Luckily, they didn't pay for the experience, so kept it legal, didn't I? <laughs> and the roof was only metaphorically uh, made of wood. Who are you, Machiavelli? I know, exactly. And the wood uh, was only metaphorically made of wood. Which, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, there was some stunning <laughs> wood in that bed. Exactly. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, uh, you know, that, that that's that. We'll find out in four days. I think it's going to be a fucking disaster. I think it's going to be an unprecedented disaster. It could be, the, but the good news is, if it is, it could be the beginning of the end of all this fucking Blast Pro series events. I'd also just advise people, don't don't watch it. Watch the VODs <laughs> straight up. Like, let's fucking, let's make count. We've had a taste of something great with ESL1 Cologne. Let's make Counter-Strike great again. All right? Let's actually not support people that are just fucking straight wrecking the scene with their bullshit. Uh, so yeah, we'll do the questions. Uh, right. Jerky's mini and a hundred dollar patron. Love you. Uh, he says, what is the thing you hate most while at events? <sighs> Fucking hell, where to start? I mean, there's an obvious answer to that, but you know. What, you? 
I mean, the obvious answer to the thing that everyone hates the most in the world is people because the world's oh, full right, of yeah. them and there's too yeah. many of them. So yeah. obviously annoying people is probably the answer to that, right? But in, I have to say in general, events have gotten a lot better for that sort of thing. Because, you know, they have security, they keep people away from you, they have reasonable, like they have signing. Se- One thing I liked was at Columbia, had a proper signing session for the talents. That meant that you didn't feel bad if you were rushing to the stage and someone came out, that little fucking pauper, t- like... Basset hound eyes of like, but Mister, can I please have a signature? So I've got to go to the stage now and tell everyone how yeah, shit MBKs you can't. Can you get out my way? <laughs> and kicking no, some little urchin in a fucking gutter. Of course, blasted charge you an extra three hundred dollars to get kicked in the yeah. face by me in a gutter. No, this is fucking like the wretched fucking urchin you are. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. And then you know, spitting your experience. That is dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'd be like it's like going to a fucking theme park. You've got you know you can custom pie in Moses's face <laughs> yeah, or yeah, get kicked in the face by Thorin over it yeah do do some beak with anders uh you know what i mean fuck you know anyway um for anders me has it's brought a whole new meaning to the beak face <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't a motherfucking uh, emoji i love it how people... be that laughing crying eyed oh one, i know it? i love how people think it's weight loss through diet and exercise there's a reason he's, he oh, takes oh. them pictures in the gym when he's fucking cranked when he oh, i'm gonna tell you is every oh. time he and comes then he just back goes out of that gym He's always talking about how he's got tiger blood and he's fucking winning. So I don't want to let you guys out on a bad secret. Yeah, yeah it's out, it's out, out of control. Uh, for me, it's lack of sleep, and it always has been, it always will be, because uh, the um, TOs are just so unreasonable with your time if you're a host uh, in particular, because you open the vent and you have to close out the event and if there's any tech problems it just spills into your day and you know casters get to have like afternoon sessions off you know if they're not casting the game they get they they get told your call time to be on the premises is typically two hours before you go live well you know if i go to bed at like fucking 2 a.m because we you know and that's being generous and then i have to unwind and i was there at 9 a.m pretty long day but then i have to come back in for a fucking 6 a.m call time um you know because we're going live again at eight so i get four hours sleep and that's if i instantly turn my brain off as soon as i get home so that that used to that used to be uh pretty brutal uh it was the, the argument that used to go on at events was always well but the crew are here even longer and you know duncan used to be very unsympathetic you all know how I, I had the clap back to that i had the clap back i used to just say yeah it's not my fault your fucking job sucks you should have paid more attention in school i'm fucking killing it in the game people people will yeah, pay no. me to do my job but, but, people, people don't realize that's not even a joke that's not no. even a bit that's not even a bit like once one time me and duncan were like just I, talking no, about, I'm, no shame whatsoever yeah yeah, like we were just talking about how fucking fried we were because we'd had like four or five hours sleep and um and some guy from the crew came over and said well I, I, i've had like two hours in the last two days i've been sleeping on the floor and dunk much think i give a fuck sounds like your job shit sounds like you should do someone else sounds like you should get on my fucking level i was just like because <laughs> I might be an asshole, but am I wrong? Duncan's pretty fucking vile when he doesn't get a good night's sleep, but that's not his major trigger point, but it's my major trigger point. I, I can't cope with the lack of sleep. I can't cope with that at all. And uh, over the course of a, uh, an event, like you start to break down like body-wise, right? Like you fucking, you get a cold, you get a flu, you get sick, you, you feel a bit nauseous because you're getting like, you've got that cumulative buildup of lack of sleep, and then you've got to go on camera. And it's like you come in, 
And shout out to all the makeup professionals who do great work. Oh, at, uh, fucking <laughs> Because I come in like, and I'm fucking pale as, I'm, I'm not the best looking dude anyhow, but I come in and I'm fucking pale, pale as death. I've got a layer of fucking sweat on me and I've got eyes like piss holes in the fucking snow. Right? And a makeup artist has got to make me look vaguely presentable to put Mate, me on Mate, they're so TV. good. Sometimes if I go to the after party afterwards, I don't even bother showering and taking the makeup off. I'm like, I'm going to be under some flights again in a dodgy <laughs> fucking circumstance. So let's make these bitches believe I am Robert Patterson. Yeah, so, keep the I mean, lie going. So that was that was fucking, uh, you know that that's it for me. I fucking hate the lack of sleep uh, and how tetchy it makes everybody. Because you end up having stupid arguments <coughs> with your mates as well. You know, oh, and, it makes everyone on edge, of course. Yeah, when you've had no sleep, like, you know, you, and you can always tell when people are in the fucking, they're in the hell where they've hit like three days into an event and they just haven't had one good night's sleep and they know they've got a like twelve hour broadcast ahead of them. Moses, we always know when Moses is there because he puts his fucking shades on, he keeps his headphones on, he doesn't talk to anybody, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't zero interaction, and we're like, okay, we won't wreck Moses today. Well, we, we say it and then we do it anyway. Yeah. So like it, you end up having arguments with your mates, like just little things like just snapping and it, yeah, it makes the whole event like kind of bad. And then at the end, you, when it's over, you get that euphoria of a job well done and you all have to kind of like get back to that place. Oh, sorry. I fucking snapped at you. Yeah, of course. So, so yeah, the, 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 the fact that the, the tournament organizers are just so fucking over the top with how much they expect you to do. Like, put it this way, you know, having worked at a TV studio, the idea of like Shaquille O'Neal pulling a fucking 12 hour broadcast day no for way. like inside the NBA, there's just no fucking way. There's no way. You know, yeah, you get me on TV for two hours. That's fine. Four hours, maybe. Oh, what? A couple of playoff games? Yeah, all right. Then fine. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do it reasonable. Six at a push. But <coughs> the, the amount of hours we do in, as broadcasts in esports is fucking insane. And I know people are like, oh, you know, you, you're pissing the morning. You've never had a, never done a hard day's work. I've done the hard day's work, but the difference was when I was on a building site, yeah, I'd be physically sore, but I still only did like an eight-hour day. <laughs> and I only did a five-day week. Now I could go home and go to fucking sleep. And no one ever like just a... came in at the end of the eight days, hours <laughs> and just goes, actually, you need to do another six hours and carry twice as much. So can you please yeah, exactly. do that for the same money? Yeah, well, we've had, tech, we've had tech problems. So now you're a bricklayer and a plasterer. Today, yeah, the crane's you? broken no. down. So I'm going to have to have you lift these beams up. But so, we see this as a positive. Now you're going to get to be more intimately involved in all areas of the construction, and therefore yeah. you'll be able to do a better job of it, won't you? Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's 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 one of those things uh, for me, and and you know, as the industry evolves, it will change, and people will start. You know, there's already people like refusing to do call times and stuff, diva diva types. Um, so whatever. Uh, it'll change. Reykjavik on Steam, $100 patron. Uh, with the inclusion of sub-only streams for Twitch, are we now likely to see uh, pay-per-view type events where we see the equivalent of multiple grand finals rather than a proper traditional tournament format? Um, well, um, yeah, I mean, look, I think with the pay-per-view uh, events, um, you know, like, I don't, I don't think we're going to see them straight away. I don't think that's going to happen. Um... Why is my phone fucking blowing up? I think there's a lot of room to do something in that space. So I'm not quite sure how you do it yet. I mean, I, I obviously made a video a few months ago where I kind of alluded to the concept of like mm. a UFC style tournament, you know, where you get one top team and then they're kind of like winner stays on with the belt. And then, you know, you build up to have other people battle them in a special format. So yeah. something like that would be perfect for it. But obviously the point there is it's that is Just not give me, exactly. Give me one second. I think, so. I, I, right. I, I think Maria's locked out. Hold on. He means Maria his person who lives with him in his house. Not that his rear, his arsehole has been locked out. 
of what? Oh, my the game, way, okay, yeah. The fucking scene. What, what has it been like? Has he just gone, listen, your ass is grass. You're out. You're out of the fucking cottage in scene. And he goes, Maria's oh, been locked out of the fucking cottage in scene. George Michael's one of my favorite artists in the age. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so so look, a, a lot of people appear to have uh, jumped jumped the gun on this, uh, uh, and like said, oh, we're going straight to fucking, um, we're, we're going straight to pay per view, and it's just like, why why does anyone think that? First of all, you you technically shouldn't even stream Counter Strike on a pay per view on a on a sub only stream. It's actually yep. against the TOS. So that's a problem. And I don't think Twitch thought about that when that was first came out. Um, but uh, I mean, basically yeah. anything that the game dev owns the IP rights on, technically you should have to have their permission to stream it because you're using mm. their property to make money. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that was a strange one for me. Um, uh, th 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 so I don't think we're even going to see it. But the thing is as well, like fucking esports fans are outrageous. Um, where uh, basically, you know, they're fucking saying, you know, like, oh, well, if you ever run a pay-per-view event, that'll be the death of your event. Um, you know, we, we won't support you. We won't do this. But but yeah, so I, I just thought, like, um, it seems to me like everyone really jumped the gun there, but but I'm fucking sick of esports fans, like, constantly demanding bigger and better and more expensive and saying they won't even pay the price of a fucking sub. They won't pay, they won't pay $4.99. Like, okay, we watched the SL1 Cologne. How good was it? Would you not pay $4.99 to watch that? Here's the thing. I'm not going to go Don't crazy, think you're a fan of Counter-Strike, honestly. But if this was, I know obviously things like the Super Bowl are on another level in terms of history and all that, but I'm not joking. If I was someone who was at the level where, again, I had a normal salary and I had to work for that money and I don't want to give some of it away for free because I'm obviously using it unlimited things I can do in my free time. I would pay like 20 bucks for ESL Cologne. It's like almost a fucking week long. Had all the best teams, had an amazing format, had all the top talent, was in an awesome venue. Like, I don't think 20 bucks would be outrageous. Now I know that that's a weird step up in the economy because we've gone from zero to 20 in that scenario. But like for the entertainment value, that's fucking amazing versus a two hour movie, a concert, everything yeah. else in the world that costs that. So uh, the idea of just anything costing something is something we're going to have to eventually transition towards. Come on. And, and and the reality is it won't even be, it'll be like how it used to be with GOM or whatever the fuck for in Starcraft, right? You'll get a 720 stream for free yes, exactly. or something like that, you know? Um, but you, if you want it in 1080 with all the bells and whistles and the desk segment. Not least, by the way, because I've no doubt there's not an org out there right now that's that's uh, actually daring enough to go pure pay-per-view immediately. No, no, one, all, no one wants all, to take the hit. They want to hit no both one. markets. They want to get the free ones as many as mm. they can, but then hopefully get a few of you to pay. That's their dream right now because it goes up from no one paying. Yeah, like no, no one wants to take the hit because then you, you, you know, the, the, you'll be the one that gets all the shit from the community. You'll be the one that gets called evil. You'll be the one that people are leaving droves and say they won't support you again. The, 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 the reality is this: um, if we do not find a revenue stream for online tournaments, like as in the broadcast of it, that isn't just sponsorship, Counter Strike is going to have some problems the way we're going. Because uh, I don't know if you noticed, 
There's this constant pushback about questionable content in video games. It's coming up all the time, and we're the only game that has fucking terrorists running around planting bombs, and there's already sponsors saying they don't want a fucking piece of that. Well, it's getting harder and harder now because everyone's losing a fucking goddamn mind, and we can't stop adult content anymore because, you know, virtual things. and No, no. Like, I saw a fucking video the other day where people were making the argument you shouldn't ever have to pit players and Nazis in the World War II, in a World War II-themed video game because it will make you more likely to become a neo-Nazi in real life. This is where we're headed. These people are driving the conversation. They're fucking morons. They're completely, they're completely incorrect, right? But be, th th this will be backed up by everyone. Yes, we must beat the specter of Nazism. And it's like, you know, three fucking inbreds in a fucking f field somewhere in the middle of fucking Ohio or something, you know. That's no way to talk about Blast Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, the most um, intimate of Blasts. So if if you if you think that this idea of like free top tier Counter Strike can keep fucking run running um, with just sponsor money, guys, y you're gonna have to put your hands in your pockets. You're gonna have to. I, I, I didn't say this back in 2010. I didn't say it in 2012. I didn't say it in 2013. I didn't say it in 2014. But if you want all big shiny shit uh, and you want us to stay at the top of esports and where we're at right now with CS. We're going to have to start thinking about how we can become a revenue stream to support our game. The end. And, and you can be part of the problem. Look, I know not everyone can afford it, but we don't think anything of it when we say, hey, I can't afford to watch the football on Sky. You don't think, oh, you know, like fucking, well, it's just tough shit. <laughs> it's just tough shit. Can't afford to do lots of things. You, you don't get to do it. That's, that's an unfortunate reality of having no money. Um, In short, as the great Be Real once said, so you want to be a rock star and live <laughs> large, a big house, five cars, you're in charge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, couldn't put it better. Right, Mike Feed Me, a new $50 patron, asked, with the recent abysmal performances of FaZe, how does that impact on Nico's ability to maintain his long-held status as second best? And if he is in jeopardy of losing it to Zewu, how many more Cologne-level performances does he need to take that spot through? I think, honestly, I think Nico's already out of the fucking game as second best. Like, I mean, shit, you gave me a choice right now. It's someone been build... my last few months, mate. Yeah, someone <laughs> to build a fucking team around. Like, you take Simple, you take Zewu. Might even be some other players I'd take, honestly. Um, trying to think who that would be. Elite. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, fucking, yeah, there you go. Start twists. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. Leash twists. Especially because, um, unfortunately, the problem N N Nico has is he has baggage, obviously, where he's been mm. now been in a couple of teams that have kind of had their issues and people have said there's a problem with the structure. It's like it's like the thing with shocks. Like, how many times is that going to follow you around, mate? You change all the people around you and the same problems there. Maybe there's something that you need to address, you know. Yeah. Not putting it all on you, but you're definitely part of the problem. <coughs> so, yeah, I, I, defi I definitely say, like, uh, he's not close to second. And all the performances in the world right now, are, you know, he's not even close to third. Um, so, you know, he's, he, look, at the end of the day, that's fine. He doesn't need to be there for phase to work, but uh, they've got they've got a fundamental problem that they, they need to address in terms of their roster. Um, and I, I, I don't think it can be fixed with one or two changes. So um, appreciate the question. Sorry, it's a short answer. Uh, but pounder 420. Of course. Says, besides Guardian, who's the next best player who will most likely never win a major? Well, we're staring at the face where, you know, maybe Simple doesn't get one, right?
Oh, it's possible. If you think about the level he's at now, there's no guarantee he stays at this level. I would say with him, in a weird way, the whole fact that, like, realistically, Zeus probably won't play for too many more years, maybe one, two, max more. I think eventually, for me, even if it's just at Na'Vi, they get the right bunch of players eventually, as long as Simple is still one of the top players, maybe not the top player, there'll be a chance to win one, maybe. So I still think it could happen for him. Right now, it's kind of sad, I agree, that his absolute best peak of form hasn't coincided with the realistic major because it came against Astralis and now Team Liquid's so good. So <clears throat> he was definitely very high up on this. Nico's obviously another one right up that fucking list because, again... In his case, it's going to take so much. He's going to have to change yeah. around before he's going to win a major, especially because we haven't got any joke teams now. Like, sadly, the one major he was in the final of was like almost like the world stopped to give him a chance to win. And as you know, he had a little bit of a heart heartbreak with how he played in that one. So I'm sure he wishes he could have that fucking day back. Oh, that that's that's a missing ring for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah. look, the, the, the reality <coughs> is the fact that there's only two fucking majors a year and that doesn't look like it's going to change. That also makes it way harder, sure. Think of all the yeah. teams back in the days. If you take one major off the bunch, you've got a whole bunch of players haven't got, have never won one. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, think, um, I think there's a lot of people, but I think we're staring at a re reality here where uh, I, I don't think this Navi team um, is good enough to, to, to win a major. And, and the travesty is that best will in the world like simple simple can carry it at the semi-finals maybe even the final but then that's just a bridge too far because of the strength of depth in the field yeah. and you get found out you know you can't perform heroics against teams that all have heroes uh themselves on the roster so um i think simple's going to be quite potentially unless he's willing to make a move um or something radically changes at navi i think simple's going to be the most egregious example when we look back on counter-strike history i think we'll look back and see how good he was for these two years and, oh no! I, I, he's gonna be like the fucking uh, the way his career is right now. As depressing as his sister say, he's gonna end as like the Dan Marino of fucking Counter yeah. Strike quests. Like yeah. re redefined the game, set all the broke all the records. Impossibly good individually, but that the cunt will always be able to go ha but was he the best if he didn't win and do that thing where it's like, well, come on, mate, is that really a way to treat someone's career when they have been fucking amazing? Mm. Um, so there you have it. So thanks for all your questions. Remember, if you're a $50 patron or above, you do get to ask. Uh, so be sure to do that. Uh, but I think we'll wrap up the show there. So, um, uh, again, apologies for all the internet problems. And then uh, I'm guessing you were laughing because somebody got a view of my ass crack. Sam, you'll be taking that out. No, no, you didn't. Um, I don't think so. Oh, no ass crack? No, no, you said my rear at the door. And he was like, he's not on about his rear. No, it was, no, no, it, no, no, no. All right. It was just. I got back in time just to hear George Michael. I'm like, well, okay, <laughs> that's a timestamp. That's yeah. a potential timestamp yeah, you missed. Yeah. If anything. Yeah. So anyway, George Michael. It's just. Oh, oh, all right, Rich. How you doing there? <laughs> but um. But anyway, I I, I fucking uh, I, I don't envy you having to fix this, Sam, because you're going to be chopping this. <laughs> to be fair, most of the times you lagged out, or it went pretty ham for the filler content. So a lot of them can stay. Some of them all are right, after well, trip. There you go. Good. And if uh, you play for the new blast ass crack experience zone ticket next episode, you can just look at Richard's ass the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very and drink his bath water. Yeah, very yeah. Topical. Vape my piss. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, whatever. Fuck this. Leave that in. Um, leave that yes. in. <laughs> I don't know. Leave it. Vape my piss. <laughs>
don't know what's wrong with me, Sam. Anyway, so uh, thank, thanks to you guys. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to JW for the host as well. Really appreciate it. Good to see you, big hey, man. Well. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next week, regular schedule, talking about the Blast LA and its intimate experience. Can't fucking wait for that show. We might we might do record numbers for that. Um, but, yeah, thanks for all the support, guys. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode of By the Numbers. And, of course, thank you to our patrons. $100 patrons, Jerky's Minion, Detlaff Insomniac, and Reykjavik on Steam. And our $50 patrons, Saad Sawar, Butt Pounder 420, Watch Doge, Madsen, Berakagi Assassin, Mike Feed Me, Marcus Kiumpa, Tobias Bernasconi, Carve, and TC Owens. And until then, take care of yourselves.